the superhero theme song we've been writing for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, really good. it's really good. Mr. K to the rescue. Cool. Mr. K to the rescue. That was great. Hey, Mr. K, that's all we have right now. Next time you call, it'll be done. I promise you. I promise you. Hello and welcome to the 250, your weekly podcast looking at the NB's top 250 movies of all time. I'm your host, Darren Mooney, and joining me as always, my co-host, Andrew Quinn. And I can't make eye contact with him because of the positions of the mic. How are you, Andrew? I'm super, Darren. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. We are back in person. I don't know if this is going to be the first episode that we release involving myself and Andrew recording in person, but it will certainly be the first episode recording in person with a guest. That guest is the wonderful Luke Dunn. How are you, Luke? Hi, Darren. I'm good. I'm honored to be here. I'm, I'm so happy that you asked me to come back <laughs> I, for this. Should there be a note up front? It's like this was recorded before the Gamma Vader. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but yes, we are, we are kind of like looking at the possibility of using back. We'll be mixing recordings in person and and remotely and stuff like that as well. But we are kind of like. We're using a blended approach. Darren has me in like three days a week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not entirely. The rest of the time, off. I'm working from home. Yeah, yeah. The, we're not... <laughs> the good thing though is that you know I I feel relatively safe. I hope you guys feel safe, but. If we were to get COVID for recording this, we, w- we would deserve to die. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let, let's put a little bad context in here, right? Because, you know, two years ago now, my, uh, my Luke joined us as part of our summer of 99, celebrating one of the great seasons in movie making, one of the greatest years in the history of cinema. We discuss classics like American History X. We discuss movies like The Matrix, The Sixth Sense. And Luke came in and he talked to us about Baby Geniuses, the only movie from 1999 on the bottom 100. And since then, myself and Luke have kept in regular contact. Luke came back, he talked to us about some good movies, like he talked to us about In the Mood for Love. But I think on the mood, In the Mood for Love, you, your first question was, what am I doing here? So we decided that the best approach was just to get it over and done with. We said, let's talk about the sequel to Baby Geniuses, Super Babies, Baby Geniuses 2, Bob Clark's 2004 sequel to that smash hit, the second worst movie of all time, according to IMDb. So thank you for joining us, Luke. Oh, you're, you're very welcome, Darren. That's the way you remember it. <laughs> uh, listeners should know, uh, Darren told me he was going to move ahead um, the production schedule for this recording. Uh, but then he said, oh, I can't find a legal way to, to, to stream this movie online. So you may be off the hook. Um, and I couldn't let that... I, I, I had to do this now. I <laughs> See, it's, it's it's not for it's not for me for whom the the hook wriggles, Darren. Because <laughs> you you were kind of saying, oh, you know, you don't want to watch it. We'll put it back. But but the way I see it, I've been sitting in like my room in the dark for the last two years, looking at a screen far too close to my face while <laughs> cinema, which is dead. Like I'm watching videos of I've been watching a lot of videos of cinema. Going like, Luke, <laughs> what? Why are you filming me? Like, what? You know, all this kind of, and then you, like the Colonel from the action movie, coming in and being like, Luke, we found the man who killed cinema. <laughs> <laughs> we we found what murdered cinema. Yeah, um, we need like, you to bring him in. You son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. So there was no way I I couldn't do this now because I think I need to exercise baby geniuses from my. My system, from my being, from my life. 
Uh, and I don't think it worked. <laughs> <laughs> you don't feel good afterwards. No, no I don't feel good <laughs> about myself, about cinema, about anything. <laughs> about life in general. Well, like we, we should note, by the way, that this isn't the end of the Baby Geniuses saga. Famously, after the release of Super Baby's Baby Geniuses 2, the franchise decided to expand into television. They launched Baby Genius Mysteries, a show that ran for 13 episodes, but never aired. So instead, they cut them together as a series of direct-to-video movies, including Baby Squad Investigations. Um, BSI? BSI, if you will, uh, because it was so hot right now. The kids, they're all over that uh, CSI, CBS programming block. But yes, it's more about their friendships. Yeah, then then about the, the dead bodies that they were investigating <laughs> along the way. But uh, yeah, so no, but this is the end of the journey in terms of the bottom 100. Because those are direct-to-video movies, they're not eligible. You are off the hook. You have, you have escaped the are hook. Are you telling me this had a theatrical release? I didn't oh, know yes. that there was BSI, a distinction BSI New York. Uh, <laughs> BSI Miami. BSI Miami. Yeah. This had a theatrical release? Yeah, in, how many, in how many cinemas? Um, it opened wide. Um this opened uh, the same weekend as Jet Li's Heroes. Um, I believe it opened possibly third or fourth at the box I can office. Imagine this being kind of in in a lot of cinemas. Like you need you need to have some um, movie for children. Well, it, this, it doesn't matter but, if it's but, direct. But if Hero yeah. is out, like this is counter programming because that's a martial arts movie. This is a martial arts movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, it did it did earn like one million dollars in its opening day. Its total box office gross domestic is nine point two million dollars internationally. It's not it too earned... bad for Den, right? No, no, not at all. And like, particularly given like the the budget, it opened at three point two million dollars in its opening weekend, which is. A reasonable performance for a movie of this standard. Its widest release was 1,276 1, 1, 1, theaters, to give you a sense of how wide it opened. And it also opened, Luke, you'll be very excited to hear about this, uh, opposite another classic John Voight franchise. That is Anaconda's The Hunt for the Blood Orchid. Oh my goodness. Yeah, which opened second at the box. And Voight was in that one? Uh, Voight was, well, no, Voight got eaten. <laughs> Spoiler alert for the movie Anaconda. But no, Voight was not in the well, second. Horror sequels have a very loose interpretation of their continuity yeah. and their timelines and all that. And like, if he's eaten by a snake, I'm like, I mean, they, they, anacondas don't chew their, um, their, their, their victims. So he could conceivably have, have survived that, right? And like Voight wouldn't have said no, clearly. <laughs> or was he choked? I haven't seen Anaconda. Let's spoil it entirely. <laughs> yeah. so let's tell the entire Dire Anaconda. Mo- because that feels like a better movie Plus. than we're talking about right now. But yeah, so Luke, you like the reason why we asked John to talk about Baby Geniuses was because, you know, first of all, you are a film critic whose opinion we greatly respect. Um, and second of all, because you... When you were operating film, it feels like a sandwich. It does feel like a <laughs> you respect your opinion an awful lot. Yeah. Now, but <laughs> but we yeah, when you were running film in Dublin, you had a special. Was it film in Dublin or was it somewhere else where you used to run a column on bad movies? Oh, it was Film Fix, which would have been the, the predecessor to Film in Dublin, and then on my own personal blog as well, which you should not look for. It's bad. It's bad. Um, but yes, I think you said to me at the time because I was like, why do I have to? watch the bad movie from 1999 why can't i talk about the matrix or you know movies i actually like and you're like well you know about these these bad movies but i simply wasn't prepared at that time darren for baby geniuses (laughs) but i think in the long run i think you were right because uh, in the run-up to watching this i was like i have to know 
I have to understand <laughs> why this is the way that it is. So I did a little bit of digging, okay? Because okay, we we when we talked about baby geniuses, we talked about Bob Clark. Yes. Uh, you know, famous like again, director with an incredibly long career, long and varied, usually influential. He's responsible for arguably inventing the slasher movie, or at least the American variant with Black Christmas. He's responsible for launching the teen comedy with Porky's, and he's responsible for directing one of the classics of American Christmas cinema, A Christmas Story. Uh, and also Baby Geniuses and Baby Geniuses too. Like a solid career. Yeah. And and he directed this film as well, um, which, which as you mentioned, stars John Voight, who, okay, he does a lot. He does a lot. He doesn't say no to a lot. But <laughs> it's unusual for him to be in a film like this. So I, I was like, well, what's going on here? So Baby Geniuses and Baby Geniuses 2 are produced by a man named Stephen Paul. Okay. Stephen Paul, uh, he 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 has produced much more well-known films than the two of these. He's produced Ghost Rider, Ghost in the Shell, um, several other kind of major productions. Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> he hang on, where's my nose? Ghostbusters, <laughs> Afterlife. Well, well, well. You see, he he wrote Never Too Young to Die. Um, the 80s action movie starring, not Scott Bio, who's in this, but the other 80s sitcom. Oh. No, no. Um, you, you could, what's his name? Michael J. Fox? No, no, no. Bear with me. Kirk Cameron. You know Never Too Young to Die, though, right? It's like a cheesy kind of 80s spy no. bond. See, this is why we invite <laughs> yeah, you on. All right, okay. I'm starting <laughs> to see now. <laughs> to the fact machine. All right, let's... <laughs> John Stamos, sorry, sorry, John Stamos. Beat the fact machine. <laughs> um, and and Gene Simmons is in it as well, and um, Prince's uh, backup singer. That Apollonia? No, no, the no, other sorry. one. Sorry, she was. Uh, uh, you can cut around all this, Darren. <laughs> to the fact <laughs> machine. Fact machine. Uh, <laughs> vanity, oh. vanity, vanity. Let me beat the fact machine again. Uh, well, I was just looking at the fact machine myself. <laughs> um, you're looking at the back of the fact machine <laughs> as as the little vacuum tubes are coming up yeah. with the answers on so, them. So Stephen Paul is just, he's one of these Hollywood guys that's just around. He, he's got the money to, I guess, if he wants to make a movie about talking babies, to make that happen. Stephen Paul is also, or was, the manager of John Voight <laughs> and Bob Clark. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> And uh, the the young actress making, I think, her debut in this film, whatever her name was, Shay uh, something, Skyler Shire, Sky- something, Skyler Shay, yeah. yeah, that's that's his yeah. niece. <laughs> yep, Skyler Shay is Kylie, and John Voight is her godfather. Ah, so quick, complete, unrelated question. No spoilers for the rest of the movie. Is he also the manager of Oprah, of Whoopi Goldberg, and O Town? I presume. O-Town, yes. <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg, I don't know. I, I, I think it's possible because in addition to them, he was the manager of Gene Wilder, uh, Michael Cimino, and, and, and some others. Wow. So he's a player. He's, he, you know, he's couldn't a, get, yeah, Gene Wilder was, wasn't doing movies at this point, so we couldn't <laughs> get him to come in. Like, it feels, like, did they just kind of have a cookout and then say, we'll do this movie as well. He 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 owns the Samuel Goldwyn uh, studio a lot. Oh. Um, so I don't know if this was filmed there. But like he he is 
he is itch, he's, st- he's stitched into the fabric of of Hollywood, <laughs> which explains why something like this can like kind of latch on and and hold on, even though it is awful in every way (laughs) (laughs) like that something like this could become a franchise it's it's not through quality and it's not through demand it is through sheer force of will you you might have noticed guys at the start of this during the vanity plates uh the the production company crystal sky something like that includes the logo includes with with a little baby running around uh that's his company it still exists today um so you start to understand like this guy really genuinely believes in this. He has a story credit on both films. Yes, he does. Uh, <laughs> so, oh so uh, does he have a screenwriting? Oh no, he's produced by screenplays by Greg Poppin. Greg Poppin, who I believe is best known for his work writing for the Miss Universe, Miss USA, and Miss World pageants. They Those don't, are they don't come up with all their own lines. They don't come up with all their own banter. Apparently, yeah, that is Greg Poppins' primer. If you go to IMDb, well, he seems like a good guy. He's into quest- world peace. Yeah. <laughs> Questions and the answers. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. Wait, so he wrote that one where the your one was like, I want you know, she kind of get that big rambling viral response to a question. I suspect he probably writes the the banter. Right. Yeah, right. I, I don't imagine he prompts the. Well, that I can believe. <laughs> But, based on this yes but but yeah uh hollywood is a lie uh film is dead <laughs> hope is dead that was what i found out in my deep dive into why this exists cinema and film both dead and movies as well movies oh no not the, movies the <laughs> flicks Forget, <laughs> i was really dead. rooting for those guys um all right then so like before we jump into the three questions to get us started like this is the second worst movie of all time on IMDb. At time of release, it did manage to briefly make it to the number one slot. It has since been uh, bumped down. Do we believe, is this the worst film ever? Is this worse than Baby Geniuses? Or did watching Baby Geniuses kind of build up your immunity? Was it like shot one of a two-shot vaccine? This is much more entertaining than Baby Geniuses. That is not saying a lot. But I did enjoy watching this more. I did hate myself less <laughs> watching it. You're just becoming in yours. <laughs> I, I don't know because I, 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 for like the first ten minutes, you'll recall last time I said like the first five minutes, I, I, I couldn't watch it on my own. I had to kind of rewatch and stuff like that. Um, the first like ten, fifteen minutes of this, I was like, this is. A noticeable improvement. <laughs> this is this maybe maybe it's all going to be okay. And then, like before long, I was asking you, Darren, how long was left? I think very 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 long stretches of this are excruciating. Do not get me wrong. Um, I did hate it. I did not. It it's bad, and not bad in a fun way. But it is more fun than Baby Geniuses. I will say that. So once again, IMDb is wrong. <laughs> shock and horror to everybody um we should note by the way just in terms of putting this in context in terms of like positioning it as like john voice did not appear in the original baby geniuses but from here on out he's all baby geniuses all of the time he oh, appears he, in he's in bsi yeah, his, he, his career depends on it <laughs> it becomes like his crutch franchise it's like his mission impossible 
You know, if he's Tom Cruise, this is his Mission Impossible. But yeah, though, he's in like 2013's Baby Geniuses and the Mystery of the Crown Jewels, playing a taxi driver, I believe. He's in 2014's Baby Geniuses and the Treasures of Egypt. I like to imagine reprising his role from National Treasure. And most recently in 2016's Baby Geniuses and the Space Baby. Are you making these titles up? Uh, no. <laughs> I have to ask. But but I also like, we should note as well, Bob Clark, tra- the director, tragically passed away in 2007. This was his penultimate film. Do you know what his last film was? I don't. Do you want me to tell you? Is it this? (laughs) No, no. This is second. This is penultimate. Okay. His last film was The Karate Dog. Do you want to guess who starred in The Karate Dog? Which Uh. dog? (laughs) John John Boyd. Yeah, because it's produced by (laughs) the same guy. Yes, yes. So he directed that. Was that before or after Baby Genius's 3? Um, That that would have been before because it was 2005. So you see, so John Boyd, he's locked in. Bob Clark said no. And what happened to Bob Clark, Darren? Okay, I think we may have Darren, to cut it. Darren, the people need to know. What happened to Bob Clark? He died tragically in an accident involving his son. In a fatal car accident. So I think we're going to cut around. We're going to move very quickly. Or was it an accident? Okay, all right. Um, it, legally, we have to say, yes, it was an accident. Um, we, none of that Bob Clark or trutherism on this you know, podcast. Darren, you're always saying on this podcast that I can't just go randomly accusing people of crimes. <laughs> But, I am no fun, apparently. But, but we can talk about this for two hours. <laughs> but not accuse anybody of any crimes except against cinema. Um, but enough about dead babies. <laughs> That's the point that we're coming back from. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. Um, all right, then. So just to, to kick us off, because I feel... is there any, Before we jump into talking about the movie in more depth, anything you want to say more generally about like the context around baby geniuses? I, or do we, I imagine John Voight's... Um, it, and Bob Clark are having a lot of fun around this, like you know that they're aware of how bad these are and how silly even the titles of these <laughs> movies are. How the like kind of Troy McClure of it all, and um, that they they um, can't wait to make it to get together and make another Baby Geniuses. Yeah, yeah they're yeah. all or to do a karate dog. <laughs> like, <laughs> Like, it's literally it's a like family affair, you. you know, like him yeah. being the, the, the godfather, godfather to the producer's niece, all that. And I will say, John Voight, I know we usually talk about performances and all that after the spoilers on, but he is definitely enjoying himself a lot more, it would appear, than the actors of Baby Geniuses 1, right. none of whom came back. <laughs> Christopher Lloyd did not come back. Kathleen Turner did not come back. We needed some fresh blood here, I think, you know? So we naturally hired John Voight. It's funny you mentioned blood and John Voight, and yeah, that might segue us into the spoiler zone, because I know you're going to ask me what this movie is about. <laughs> All right, before we before we segue in, do you want to hear John Voight's explanation for how he ended up in uh, in Baby Geniuses? Because I could find very little press around this, very little publicity, very li- the interview circuit was dead talking we've, about we've this. We've removed the bit where Luke explains like, his gambling debts <laughs> and how he killed a person. <laughs> ah, it's good to be recording in person again where it makes this sort of ending much more difficult. Um, let's, let's In an exclusive interview with moviehole.net <laughs> Is that an option of the onion? No, that is a, that's Thicko. Um, oh, okay. Moviehole is an actual website that exists. And, <laughs> I it's promise. I promise you, listeners. It's always uh, a promising introduction. Yeah. <laughs> John Voight had already crawled into the movie hall, yeah. so he's like, "I might as well do a few interviews while yeah. I'm here." So here is the quote, and I kind of like to imagine it being like delivered by John Voight. 
Paul is the name of the interviewer. And Voight, throughout the interview, keeps mentioning, oh, Paul, hey, Paul, you know, Paul. Paul, you get it, right? I'll tell you, Paul, when you look around the world, everybody's really in a fearful state in some way. And kids are getting that. They're getting that fear. And they need to be given some kind of empowerment in some sense. I mean, little kids will get it. And this script offered, this script, this script was for kids. It was for little kids. Four, five, six, seven. And these little guys, when the first movie came out, these little kids watched it and raptured and memorized it, just like the other older kids would with maybe Spider-Man or something. They see it as a kind of their superhero stuff. Okay. So, yeah. So, I think that that does come through in the sense that I think that they genuinely believe that this is specifically entertaining for babies. And I actually got that impression much more so with this film than with than with the previous film. Yeah. Because uh, it it's much more baby oriented, whereas the last one was like kid oriented and like you know a lot of product placement and a lot of topical humor and all that kind of stuff. There was a lot less. This was a lot more abstract. This is a lot more like bright flashing colors, all that kind of thing. I mean, there, you say that, but there are references to like Mike Tyson and O Town do show up. Oh yeah, but it was much less obnoxious than the yeah. previous film. There's there's less product placement. There's a lot of Ford. Like the, the well, baby's favorite well, car, right? There's, and John Voight's, I have to there's, assume. There's <laughs> a Mustang. It was a good catch by by the 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 they were jumping ahead like a little bit, but there, there is like a, a a Mustang appears in 1962. One of the babies points out that's how could you have a Mustang in 1962 <laughs> in East Germany? Mustangs came in out in like 64 or something. I looked it up. I was like, <laughs> is that actually an anachronism? And it's like, oh, good spot, baby. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> well, they're geniuses. Yeah, they, that, that, yeah, like, I mean, are these babies geniuses? Okay, we, 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 might have to, we might have to jump ahead. Okay, well, There's so much to discuss. All right, let, let's kick this off then. So three questions to get us started then. So Luke, do you think Super Babies, Baby Geniuses 2... Is there a is, colon? Yes. And it, notably, it begins with the subtitle, which is interesting. Because it implies that they're not leaning heavily on the Baby Geniuses brand. It's like, no, they're selling Super Babies. And if you're not sold on Super Babies, well, then it's a Baby Geniuses 2. It's kind of like Solo, a Star Wars story. That's the kind of energy we're going for here. Super Babies, a baby genius's story. Do we think that this is one of the worst 100 movies ever made? Luke is wincing. I mean, like, it's terrible. Like, it's, it's really, really bad. And unlike a lot of bad movies that I've seen, I can't recommend that you watch it because it's for babies. But... I want to come back to that. I want to, like, like th- this is two separate questions. We'll get into it when you're recommending it, but I'm going to put a pin in that. But yeah, sorry. But no, I don't think I would put this on the list of the, like, you said this was worse than Baby Genius. It's ranked lower. It's ranked close I, to the top. I, I still feel that that movie is much worse than this. Yes. I would kind of agree with that. I think it kind of, like, I laughed. I think, like, we laughed. And question is, were we laughing at the movie or with the movie at the start? Does it matter? Is there a difference? A bit of both, I'd, I'd say. Yeah, like it's maybe to it, it, maybe it's to the movie's credit that it can work on both levels. Because I'm sure <laughs> if you're a certain age, you can probably watch it and think like, "Oh, this is fun and and cool and and like the the action is great." 
a I'm, lot more practical effects with the babies than the last one. I mean, this yeah. is cinema. This is cinema right here. And you're thinking, oh, this could be me. I could be beaten up like grown-ups, you know, grown which is what every child wants to do. It's like beat up grown-ups and, and just kind of humiliate their parents. So, Andrew, <laughs> Sorry. do you think this is one of the worst 100 movies ever made? Um... Uh, no, no, I don't, and I, I kind of disagree with, uh, with, 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 with Luke. I, 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 I know jumping ahead a little bit, but I would kind of recommend people. Well, I don't know. What? <laughs> watch a little bit of it, and then if you get bored, like turn it off. It's fine. Mm. Um, because because we we were laughing like quite a while. Uh, we uh, were. Then there were long long stretches where it was deathly quiet. Oh, yeah. and, and Luke was asking how much of the movies left. I was wondering too. Seemingly the movie isn't that long. No, the movie's 88 minutes long. The movie's so long. <laughs> I love that you're like, yeah, I would recommend it. How long was 88 minutes? Um... Yeah, well, yeah, no, like start watching it and like, like, but don't, don't, you don't have to commit to it. Don't be it. afraid to hit the fast forward button is what you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, if, uh, if it's, uh, if it's on and then you start doing other things, don't worry. Yeah, if your attention drifts. Uh, for myself, I don't know. I, I, I agree with Luke that I think the original Baby Geniuses was a much harder watch. Um, in particular, like it felt less, I felt dirtier watching the original movie, if that makes right. sense. It was a lot like Luke mentioned the age inappropriate humor and stuff like that. There's a bit of that here, but there's not as much kind of skin crawling, like call me baby kind of humor going oh, on there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was, I was, I was very worried that there was going to be more because there yeah. are, as you say, a few moments where like I was worried that it was rearing its, its ugly There's head. a moment where one of the characters, a baby, winks at another baby and you're like, are we doing this again? And the movie kind of holds and pulls back. What the, what the movie did um, kind of double down on, though, was that I think a lot of people kind of who have either seen the movie or have seen just one clip from Baby Geniuses will have watched the fight scene. And, well. and and I I think their idea here was to like expand on that the 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 whole the like bad movie quality of it the the bonkersness of it I put put much more of that in I I don't think that was why they put more of that in oh okay no yeah. because Baby Geniuses came out in yes. 1999 yes the same year the same as. year as the Matrix, ah. which changed cinema history, Andrew. There was a lot of Matrix in it. There was also, a lot of Matrix in it. Also, this. some like Street Fighter and Bison stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think that Stephen Ball was like, why isn't our movie doing Matrix numbers? The, the answer is we need more martial arts. We need stuff. more we karate. Need more flips and yeah. We need we need more wire work, less of this CGI. Because the, <laughs> the babies flipping around and baby geniuses was all CGI. And also, famously, um, short, small people with baby faces superimposed on them using CGI. Yeah. The imagery of your nightmares. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We were reawakening all this. Weird thing about this this particular movie was there was bad dubbing for the adults. Yes, Yes. as well. (laughs) I didn't get that. (laughs) Is it to try to make... The dubbing in the rest of the movie. Your overall impression. And, uh, jarring. Or... Yeah, it's like if we, if we only dub over the kids, it looks unusual. But if we dub over everybody, the brain quickly adjusts. Yeah. Um, all right, then. And for myself, yeah, again, pro- so probably not. And then, Luke, is this one of the worst 100 movies you have ever seen? So when you were digging through for, you know, all those websites, your personal blog, you, you kind of, you stared into the abyss and the abyss stared back. 
was it staring back with a CGI lip synced audio dub baby face? Maybe I'm just maybe maybe I'm just dead inside. <laughs> maybe that's what it is. Like maybe Baby Genius just defeated me because I did say that was the worst movie I'd ever seen. And I still believe that because <laughs> I think it just it killed all hope like inside me. Like like I, I think I don't expect like anything from like film or like art or like life anymore (laughs) (laughs) listeners won't know that but when we actually recorded baby geniuses luke just walked out into my backyard for half an hour afterwards and stared up at the sky i asked him would he like a drink or anything and he just said i'm okay i'll be okay but i wasn't okay (laughs) this is what i thought darren is that but watching this i could be okay so i'm gonna flip your question and and, and say am i okay no (laughs) Like, I'm, I'm not as bad as I was after watching Baby Geniuses, but no, I'm not okay. Okay, look, I was going to save this for later, but Luke, I feel like you need, a, you need to pick me up a moment that will kind of stir your soul and make you feel some faith in humanity again. Hit me. Some good did come from the release of Super Baby's Baby Geniuses too. Notably, it is largely deemed responsible for a movement for better movies theatrically aimed at children. It is responsible. Better movies. (laughs) The entire nation looked at one another. Movies had nowhere to go but up. (laughs) The entire nation looked at one another and said, never again. But, like, no, there was after the release of kind of Super Babies, Baby Geniuses 2, um, after the release of kind of movies like The Pacifier starring Vin Diesel, there was a move towards encouraging things like children's film festivals. So like the New York International Children's Film Festival, the Chicago International Children's Film Festival, um, all that sort of stuff. The can for kids uh, is what it's known as. But the idea of, yeah, of kind of like showing that maybe movies aimed at children don't have to be terrible. Terrible. Yeah. Right. Well, I, I know here in Ireland, every year, the, the IFI, the Irish Film Institute, does the family film festival which tends to be films aimed at this a similar age group to what baby geniuses and baby geniuses 2 are going for and as you'd expect it's a lot of animated fare not entirely but i've watched films for that and while still obviously being aimed towards children they have they're much more well thought through as i say i think the people making this had an aim to entertain the children of the world. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I don't think that ambition was matched by... Ability? Their, not their ability. Maybe their attention span or, or, or maybe, maybe just their, their, their virtue of heart. <laughs> Want- it's just something maybe rotten inside them. <laughs> just, just spews out. Like, like John Voight might, again, the, the phrase the children of the world comes up a lot in this movie. And people that use phrases like that, like they, they, they want, they think they want to help, but there's just something rotten inside of the home. I don't know. <laughs> like, it is I, a very Michael Jackson I, phrase. Yeah. <laughs> The, 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 I, I wonder um, if children enjoy <laughs> good movies. <laughs> like if you're if you're making them better so that like parents are more able to kind of tolerate so is, I, them because kids are stupid. Well, well, I right? suppose Andrew's, Andrew's talked on the podcast before about having friends whose kids love like the Cat in the Hat, for example. Yeah, which is yeah. another I believe 2004 release. So this is kind of like the nadir of children's are entertainment. Are weird movies but, that we don't really think of as as, as being particularly good? Like like. 
I think, like, I, I remember uh, being in a, a room where a child was watching B movie, and I kind of forgotten it existed. <laughs> and maybe it's not even that bad, but there, there is a kind of like, oh, why is this song? This, uh, there. I mean, this is sort of what Baby Geniuses Two is struggling to 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 address. Is like what media for children uh okay i'm gonna put a pin in that we're gonna come back to that as far as i'm we're okay so and andrew is this one of the worst 100 movies you have ever seen put on my bad movie island yeah would it like to bring yeah, back because yeah, yeah. it has been a while since we took the trip to bad movie island. for for certain yeah 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 you're vaccinated and, now so. yeah, yeah, yeah yeah you can travel you um, don't need a vaccine to go to a bad movie island <laughs> well that's good because then join voight can be there <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and scott Bayo actually as well scott Bayo, <laughs> kid rock all of us people are gonna be on they're having so UFC your, their finest people and, yeah, yeah yeah we're waiting for dean kane to announce his involvement in the theatrical <laughs> reboot of super babies do you reckon like why couldn't they get is dean chuck kane? norris one of those people as well i've, I've uh, ah, yeah probably right i don't know <laughs> maybe that's if the I'm comment is, if the comment remains I, in the if you are listeners you are hearing this oh, and darren has not cut oh, this crap. out yeah <laughs> Who's? Oh no! Oh God! Stop! No! Uh, thanks, Chuck. Um, all right, and then for myself, um, I would say, uh, maybe. I I think like my brain is broken by the fact that it is not worse than Baby Genius it was, and I feel like that hurdle, which is actually a <laughs> ditch, the fact that it managed to like walk over that ditch means that I have difficulty registering how bad it is in an outside context. I think I think people hate it when bad movies get sequels as well. Just on principle. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they're... They, like, it, I, I, I sometimes feel like a lot of the, the kind of voting on IMDb is not based on whether they've seen the movie or not, but like... The idea of the, the movie. The idea, yeah, yeah. The gall <laughs> of, of having like a second... <laughs> Uh, listeners sitting there at the computer going this is diaper gravy um, but the reviews on IMDb for Baby Geniuses 1 were very positive I remember you reading them Andrew and they were all like <laughs> I, it's not Citizen Kane but you know it was cute yeah yeah but um, bewildering they, they stuff. didn't feel yeah there, there's there's a Rotten Tomatoes where it's just like yeah that it's a kind of a bewildering kind of like a ride kind of 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 insanity well, do you want to take like luke has prompted me because we're doing this in person and i have the laptop near to me i have gone to the fact machine we've gone to the user reviews and the first three reviews are satirical generally they have they? to be yeah, satirical yeah, yeah, yeah. but the first four are 10 out of 10 so i'm just going to hit you with them very quickly john voight <laughs> <So>. <laughs> movie expert 77 my favorite movie shocked why it is so underrated Super Babies is a super family movie and my favorite comedy action movie. Very cute and smart and good babies fighting evil with their good spirits. Well, Enjoyable movie for all it's people <laughs> and not mainly kids. Unstoppable action from beginning to end. A masterpiece movie that has been unfairly underrated. I'm not forcing you to buy the DVD, but the movie is absolutely perfect. Excellent movie, but heavily underrated. A mo great movie from Sony Pictures. It is unjust to be underrated. And so on and so forth. One of the best funniest movies, Missing Child, apparently oh is a headline what? there. Uh, yeah, see, concerned. <laughs> Again, this is Babies all going to be cool. This is all going to be <laughs> in the explanation of what the movie's about that you're going to cut out, Darren. But the the some of the syntax here, some of the verbiage 
is you know the kind of unjust uh, missing child you know I, I wonder about the kind of people that would be writing these reviews I think they're probably similar to some of the people that made the film in their views and which direction they Oh, oh. <laughs> I, lo- I love that you're making it with every hint that you give, you are making it harder for me. I'm making it easier for you uh, <laughs> to leave in. This is easier for you to timestamp <laughs> all the libel. No such thing as bad publicity. Um, all right, then. And then, final question before we jump into the sports, because I feel like we've been teasing it's always this. good to be sued. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Streisand effect. Luke, if listeners have not seen Super Babies, Baby Geniuses 2, would you recommend that they pause the podcast and order a DVD delivered to their home? Because it is oh not God, available on any streaming that. service. No, don't do the, reason why, <laughs> the reason why we are doing this in person is because it was not possible to watch it remotely. Okay, so uh, the films of Andy Warhol, Darren, okay. <laughs> have, okay, that's a, good have <laughs> a certain artistic ambition and from a certain point of view, an artistic value in their counterculture, anti-art, experimental ambitions. They are known for this. Not a lot of people have watched Andy Warhol's films because they're terrible. And I think most people that have watched them aren't running to their friends and family and saying, you need to watch this. Similarly... (laughs) (laughs) I I have seen Baby Geniuses too. I recognize th- some of the intent, and I got something out of it. But I cannot, in good conscience, Darren, <laughs> recommend that anybody watch this. This is why we do this, <laughs> so they don't have to. <laughs> I think that's I think that's trademarked. But yes. <laughs> <laughs> why why would people want why 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 that's the that's the bigger question is why would anyone pause the, the the podcast and go watch this why would this be the thing that pushes them over the edge yeah yeah i don't think i have an answer well, there, so I'm go there to you go I'm there go you go what i what i recommend the, the, i would not because of the <laughs> amount of fuss that has to go into it because like you know the if you, maybe if you find if you see it like in a charity shop, it's probably not going to be very expensive. Maybe pick it up just if you if if you want like a joke present for a friend, and maybe you'll end up watching it. Um, you also but, maybe probably need to have a very particular relationship with that friend. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, 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 one, one, you, you, you could just quote one of those 10-star reviews. <laughs> I'm sure you can find all the best bits of this on YouTube, Darren. Underrated. Oh, yeah, probably. I mean, the... the, the um, best. I, <laughs> oh, there, there's best bits. As you were saying, Andrew, like there, there are bits that are... Like legitimately, <laughs> like you feel something. Yeah, <laughs> I think that. <laughs> like I felt my pulse, like, like return. <laughs> it the the if if you're I should, paying I check for my little Fitbit and actually see like Kenneth Branagh <laughs> style in tennis. It's like if you're paying like full price, like Darren may have done. Like you don't get any special features because all of the deleted scenes are in the movie. <laughs> Um, so, um, but uh, like if you do get trailers though, for Nick Moran's latest movie. Yeah. Which, which is not, which is not karate dog. It's, um, soccer dog, soccer dog. Yes. Yeah. European championship. 
Which is probably another movie that the same producer is behind, I feel yeah. like, yeah. Same dog, probably. <laughs> <laughs> He's on, he manages the dog, much like he manages John Boyd. The, um, like, the dog wrangler is often just a person who owns a dog. Well, there, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about some of the credits because Luke did notice some of the credits he wanted to talk about on the movie, but we'll get to those in a second. And for myself, probably not. If it were available online to rent, maybe if you are curious and being honest, because I think Luke has some very interesting things to say about it. But I think you can probably follow along easily enough on the premise of Super Babies, Baby Geniuses 2. I think the title tells you everything that you need to know in order to follow along as we segue neatly into the spoiler zone. So, noting the timestamp on this recording, <laughs> Luke, what is Super Babies, Baby Geniuses 2 about for you? Okay, I just need to preface this uh, by acknowledging that John Voight is a Republican, uh, and not just a regular, regular, like, Kelsey Grammer Republican, Kelsey Grammer, they got him too. <laughs> oh no, Kelsey, Kelsey Grammer has like a new line of faith-based beers. Yeah, faith-based beers. You heard me. <laughs> um, but like John Voy is I like said what I said. <laughs> deep and far right. The election was stolen. Levels of of gone. Okay. So what's interesting to me? Okay, so I, I should I should mention also. This movie's backstory is is set in East Germany in the 1960s uh, and features scientists <laughs> <laughs> of a vague origin. So the plot of this movie is that an East German who secretly holds a lot of power in Hollywood has nefarious aims to steal the vitality from children that person is played by John Voight who is QAnon adjacent this movie was made in 2004 yes but during the Bush presidency this is Pizzagate man <laughs> you're not wrong that George was the Bush thought that was the, that was the th George Bush does make a cameo appearance in this movie to be fair uh, but no you he, like you, I'm not cutting that. I, I, like, I, I think that's a fair non-libelous point to make, is that this is the fantasy of they are coming for our children. Well, this is about, yeah, this is about a preoccupation with the children, capital T, children capital C. Children of the world, as you yeah, described it. Yeah. yeah. We have to do something for the children. They're watching too much television. <laughs> as we make this film for them, which is clearly superior to what they're watching on television. Communists are to get our children. Don't let them brand them with their mark, etc., etc. Through television, through media, through Hollywood. Again, that, that myth that you have coming through. And again, sorry, I sound I'm, like I'm, I'm taking your point and running with it. No, but no, please do. I'm thrilled that you're not cutting all this. <laughs> <laughs> but like the, the myth and preoccupation that you have in certain political corners of American rhetoric, which yeah, is that Hollywood is brainwashing your children and through Scott media. Bio is in this as well. And yes. Scott Bio is another he's a, he's away with the far right fairies, man. And that's just interesting to me. <laughs> I I just imagine people being preoccupied with Muslims at this point. Like uh, it is so soon after September. But I I think I, when it comes to that whole we have to protect the children, I think that that's a long running kind of 
fear with particularly in American consciousness as yeah. well because you had the satanic panic during the 80s as well you had things around the, the media the missing I, children I don't think that, sorry Andrew sorry uh, no you, you, you go no I, I, all I was going to say is that the kind of the maybe exagger, exaggerated panic during the be, 90s of out of Dr. Yeah, be, because you started to show children on like milk cartons in America hmm. that, and, 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 and it makes news whenever there's any of these kind of cases, especially if they're white. Yes. And, 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 and um, like angelic looking. Yeah. yeah see, I, I don't think that they are consciously say, because again, obviously this predates all, all of, of that, that QAnon yes. stuff by a, by a long, long way. So I don't think they're consciously saying any of that stuff. But I think it's revealing that in making a fun movie for babies, they're going, babies are being stolen from orphanages. It's a collective and only, yeah, only, only the blonde Ubermensch can save them. Yeah. Uh, which is what S- Super Baby Geniuses 2 Rise of the Super Babies is about. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. Well, I God got... of justice. <laughs> um, Whoever wins, we lose, apparently. But, like, this is the thing that I wanted to kind of, like, talk about. Because one of the things that is quite noticeable in the movie is that the the babies are weirdly racialized stereotypes. Where you have, like... Oh, you, yeah. Yeah, like, the, there's... The, obviously, there's the two white babies. So there's Archie, who is the lead baby. And then there's Finkelman, who is this kind of, like, blonde Aryan baby. But you also have, then, the kind of... Is it Rosita, is her name? Who is the kind of Latina one. And her trademark is that she's angry all the time she's going to be the one who will lose her temper and then you have like the the other kid who is i believe it's is it Haley, um who's like saying things that sound again he very, speaks jive let's, yes, let's okay. have his words yes <laughs> no. uh is he on the chain tell me he's on the chain that sort of thing i i wrote down in my notes so the babies all get superpowers and and Kahuna, who's again this like blonde uber toddler ubermensch, is like this is all the real you, you know, all the powers that they get, and the 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 black kid turns into a bouncing ball. Yeah. And again, I don't. I'm not suggesting that anybody intentionally was saying anything. I'm just saying that sometimes people tell on themselves, Darren. <laughs> yeah. No. Like they're they're like watching it. That was my one of my reactions was these babies I don't understand why that's racist please explain (laughs) (laughs) gonna defer to Luke on this one (laughs) (laughs) just because okay let's leave it unspoken then (laughs) (laughs) no I'm not saying I'm not saying anything I'm not saying anything I'm just saying that in America one of the most popular sports that that these people would would yeah, like Steve and Paul probably owns a basketball team. Oh, it's basketball. <laughs> okay, yeah, right, 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 right. No, it wasn't a basketball. Wait, what did you think it was, Andrew? I had no, <laughs> no idea. See, I, 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 the, the, the kid turns into a bouncing ball, I yeah. should say. Because, again, I'm not suggesting... It's not a basketball, yeah, no. Like, but... It's similar color to, like... An like, NBA it was basketball. an orange bouncing yeah, ball. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, so, no, but that, that was something that really struck me. And he starts kid- rapping. <laughs> Sorry, but, but like the, kid, the, the kids have no personalities, but are somehow like ethnic stereotypes. And again, not I, I to like make it absolutely clear. I don't think, like Luke, I don't imagine this is a movie that was intentionally designed of people sitting down and saying, "No, no, no, this has to be about like those fears in particular." I just think those fears permeate a certain strata of American pop culture, and they run through this as well. And like you, when trace- you we, that sorry, Darren, no, that. No, go ahead. that quote that you gave 
from John Voight about why he was in this movie. Like, that wasn't a humorous anecdote or even a pithy, like, you know, oh, it paid for my boat kind of a response. That was rambling nonsense <laughs> from a far-right looper about how the children needed this movie. Empowerment. <laughs> Yes. The, the the this like the what what it is is it's the 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 the, the will. <laughs> um, okay, now I'm going to start steering us out try. of this. <laughs> going to start steering us a little bit out of here as well. But no, because I, I think like and again, it's it's this worth is knowing. Dedicated to Napoleon. <laughs> well, there, there is a baby you Napoleon. A, you have a statue of Napoleon in the hall of babies. Like I'm just saying, Darren, this movie with its German backstory, is very clear. World War I is relevant, and East Germany 60s relevant. Both bad. The period in between, they are... Nebulous. They are very conspicuously quiet about. Yeah. And, and, and John Voigt, in his leather jackets, and his rigid manner, and his... Saluting, and his lift raising of his arm in order to put his coat on, and all that sort of stuff. I'll speak about that in the recommendations. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Yeah, There's a lot they, going on. Yeah, in fairness, everyone is wearing leather. <laughs> that, well, that's again, towards the climax. The matrix, the matrix It is that, that the climax. Everybody changes and starts is wearing it, leather because is it of the Potsy? matrix. Is that who Scott Bayo is? I know he's diagnosed as murder, <laughs> but he's isn't he one of the characters? He's in Bob, Happy Lala. Days? Yeah. Bob Lala. Bob Lala. Bob. Oh yes, Bob <laughs> Lala. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and and like again, in terms, I love that they couldn't get Peter McNichol back, but they had his photo as well. Was a really nice touch as well, <laughs> just to like reinforce the continuity uh, with Baby Genius. Well, well, but the continuity is, it's, Darren. You and I have had this conversation many times about the Marvel movies, where they're lauded for their continuity, but it it is what they want it to be. And between movies, they just forget so much because in Baby Geniuses, we oh. we poured over this. <laughs> okay, in Baby Geniuses, the lore was. That all babies are born with pre-existing knowledge of all things, and all babies are geniuses. All babies are of the sense of like you are are coming into the world, and then you forget. Yeah, and you're of above average intelligence. Yes, the babies and those are just babies. Like they can talk to each other. It's like it's Rugrats rules, you know. And they say in the movie that Peter McNichol, like he's not in the movie because he's off. What, where where did they say he was? There's some kind of connection that they established between him and Scott Bio. He's the father, isn't he? And it's or is he the they're, older they're brother? brothers? Okay, they're older brothers. But the, the father's off, and the 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 older brother went with him. Isn't that the thing? Something like that. But and there was no Stan much, wanted to go with him and couldn't. And but but there's no mention of their father in the other movie. Like it was not the, his lineage that was uh, significant. And yeah, the the. Bob Lala is like <laughs> he's running some television network, but Peter McNichol didn't have a television network. Is he, it a daycare? And he is, it, it, yeah, is, they're is, running. Is it? Yeah, it is Bobbins Babies, isn't it? Uh, yeah, when, but uh, was he called Bobbins? I think. Yeah, Dan Bobbins. <laughs> I was confused because like Miss like uh, Biscayne's plan was to buy this what seems to be a daycare um, and use it as a platform from for which thirty could, million. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
very specific figure. Um, but yeah, and use it as a platform from which he would launch his attempt to mind control. Well, it's a great brand. <laughs> Everybody knows Balbin's Babies, right? Yeah. Um, the kids won't shut up about Balbin's Babies. And then he use it as a launching pad for his mind control software. It's never really mentioned why yeah, the daycare is relevant. That. It's no, never but- mentioned like why he can't just flick a switch and do it from a studio but there, there are a lot of questions like wh- wh- once he's controlling people's mind it's, to what end is is, is he is he I mean, control people it's mind, mind control Proof instead of freedom control brother <laughs> yeah instead of freedom control andrew they, they turn the mind control up and the freedom control down but but my confusion is which is oh my god it's a red pill movie isn't it <laughs> if they turn damn freedom, it luke if they turn freedom up would we continue like you know, recording podcasts. Yeah, <laughs> are, are, are we being controlled by some other force? I, I think we can we can look back around because that's the end of the movie where that ridiculous thing happens. But but um, let's just stay in the ridiculous things at the start of the movie. Just like take this linearly. Well, All right, so so well, we we, well, we, it's we frog that links it. So like, yeah, it is actually the pe- frog that links it. Pe- pe- pepe. Yeah. That, thank you. Oh my God, Jesus Christ. Well, actually, see, I wasn't getting Pepe from those videos. I was getting, and I think we've talked about this again on other podcasts before, Darren, but the a couple of years ago, there was all this talk about these videos on YouTube that were aimed at small children. Oh yeah, with like Spider-Man and Spider-Man like all Elsa pregnant and incongruous stuff. Yeah. And the... I don't know if we talked about it on mic, so just to give a sense of brief introduction, these are um, videos that are recommended... People discover them by recommendations through the YouTube I algorithm. Think, so the idea is for kids... I think they're made can, through algorithms, aren't they? That, yes. That's, that's the flip side of it as well. There's, like, these things, these... Basically, the idea is your kid goes down and he watches, or they watch clips from things that interest them. And, and, and yeah, and then oh, you, oh. YouTube will... The algorithm will bend towards these things, and you have consciousness or something resembling consciousness figuring out that it can attract eyeballs by throwing these things together in certain combinations and it is not logical or rational it is instead based on combining things within the algorithm that kids like and so you end up with these grotesque absurdist spectacles like spider-man and elsa getting the hulk pregnant or sequences where all these characters are buried up to their neck in sand or sequences where a father is swallowed by a fridge. Um, all this sort of stuff, which should be content for a horror movie, but is just generated. And people don't know where it comes from. There's speculation that it comes from content farms in Eastern Europe. There's also speculation, as Andrew suggested there, that it is manufactured by an algorithm. That there is no human hand at any stage in the process. All I'd machine like to learning. See where this goes. Deep, deep impact. What happens to the human race? <laughs> <laughs> Or do you do you have two human races? I have a control group. One which is molded by, by, by these bizarre YouTube videos. But the reason that those videos capture children's attention or babies is because babies are tiny idiots. Yes. Yeah. And the plan of John Voigt's communist German villain or whatever. Eastern, you're Eastern yeah, German, yes. Is that he can capture the minds of the idiot babies for whatever, whatever. Whatever reason he wants to do that. Yeah. But they'll, they'll grow up and they'll vote for but, Obama but, or Bernie but, or something. But yeah. the babies are geniuses. No, like I thought, like that was the whole thing was that they were smarter than the adults and then when they get old. But, but this thing throws all that continuity out. It's all about the kahuna now. Like that's the mythology they want to establish going forward. And notably, the kahuna is returning, like it's, it's the original triplets from the first movie Leo, Jerry, and Miles Fitzgerald. Wait, what? 
Yeah, they they played the baby in the first movie. Um, oh, obviously they've aged I, I up. Was, I was wondering why it's like the baby is so old. <laughs> yeah, because this was my other issue: is that the 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 Jack Sparrow of this movie, if you will, like the the he's not the lead character, but he is where where your eye is drawn. He's the star. He's not a baby. He's he's like seven, eight years old. Yeah. But actually, he's much older than that. Yeah, he's seventy years old. We will come back. Like that, we, should, we should note, by the way, <laughs> what's yeah. this movie made by an algorithm? Yeah, and we should just casually throw this in there. Well, but like, we should note that like Jerry Leo is, and Miles Fitzgerald were Germany in the thirties. This is the thing. Mm, it was yeah, after see, the first, but he's also American. Like there was a moment where what's like happening? This, <laughs> there's a moment they go to a German kind of orphanage. Yes, he gets sent to the Berlin baseball. orphanage. Yep. Like the the implication is that the father uh, is some sort of mixed. Uh, citizens so maybe the mother so was american germany well that that's the thing is no they they're in germany back. yeah they're in germany so the thing is and like there's the moment where john voigt's character time? like actually says to his father i feel more german than american and that's the moment that he turns evil and joins a bunch of men wearing black driving black cars it's like this battle between being german and being american for the characters and yeah. kahuna chooses to be a purebred american he chooses to wear a leather jacket he chooses to ride a motorbike he chooses to embrace 50s american culture oh, he drinks coca-cola oh he chose, yeah, he's lying that. in bed yeah. drinking a oh, yeah. bottle of coca-cola like he's like he's james dean and then on the other hand so, the idea is let, sorry okay so uh, let, let's think about the, this this child is born in let's say like 1934 maybe in america to a german who I, I'm not maybe trying to, like they're back to okay. Is it that John Voigt, the young John Voigt, moves back when he's like, how old is that child? When um, like, are we going to say eighteen or something? Has he been? He's, he seems to have been granted custody of his younger brother <laughs> and, and sent him to an orphanage. Goes to Germany, okay. and 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 that's during World War Two, presumably, <laughs> or, or we, maybe think, just after. I think we need to walk it back because it's just okay so i if you're if because I told people explicitly do not watch this movie yeah. before you <laughs> so people are going what's a kahuna what's this? so alright okay so the movie opens and you have the kids and they're telling a story and they're telling a story set in East Berlin it's baby in 1962 like, they have their own myths and legends it yes. seems mm. and one of these is the kahuna who is a super baby and so the Sly Man's cousin, Sly Man from the original film, his cousin, Dip, oh, no. I don't know, Archie. Archie, yeah, hated him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, none of like, the, none of the I never, I have, it, I have it in my notes, Darren. I never thought I would miss the Sly Man <laughs> and his obnoxious carry on. I hated the kids in this so much. <laughs> they didn't register for me. Oh, no, but see, the the reason that I assume they didn't register for you, Darren, is because they have no personality because yes. they're just a bunch of rambling babies. And, and stereotypes. And I found that excruciating because okay. the movie is, for all the bits that I did enjoy, it's about 85% just babies, like, like just talking at each other. Yeah. It didn't feel like there was much tape used or that there were many takes made. Yeah, and like, see, this there's is... A the, lot of this was fixed in post. Like, the baby's faces are horrifying. <laughs> yeah, it still hasn't fixed, been fixed. Fixed is a very strong word. But there's a lot... Like, particularly, like, is it... What's the, what's the name? Baby Fitz... Um, baby Finkelman. 
Yeah. Baby Finkelman in particular seems to be an actor who, and no disrespect to the baby actor, I'm sure he's like a baby Olivier, but like, it seemed like he wasn't capable of staring at the camera and mouthing something approximating his lines. Because all the babies have CGI tweaking on their faces to make their lips move, but Finkelman's is particularly nightmarish. Why not just use another baby? Yeah. Well, but yeah. see, the, the, okay, I'll, I'll come back to what the movie's actually, like, yeah, what, exactly. what, what the plot is. But, <laughs> but this is where, like, I expect better from the likes of Bob Clark and that, who are, these, these people are professionals. And as you say, Darren, I've watched a lot of oh, no. movies. But, but these mov- those movies are made by people that are just out on a limb, kind of throwing themselves into something that right. they maybe don't necessarily have a professional technical understanding of a lot of the time. It's yeah. almost admirable. That they were that, that well, kind of, well, it's like, like it's like it's like um, yeah, yeah. What was the Eddie Murphy movie? Um, Meet Dave. No, oh, the Netflix um, one. Um, uh, oh, sorry. Oh, no. Dolomite is my name. Dolomite. Yeah, like uh, there's a can-do attitude that 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 these things have. I thought whereas, you were going to say Bowfinger. Whereas you thought <laughs> that's another kind of um, Eddie Murphy makes a movie movie. But this yeah. was like a theatrical release uh, from people with established credits from a. a, a a powerful producer you mm. know what i mean uh, and so the editing for example in this film um is so sloppy and unprofessional and the the long stretches of go nowhere dialogue where not just the babies who are rambling but like adults will be like look over there what did you see that what are you talking about i think the baby was over there I don't see any baby. Like, Scott Bio and his wife have this long conversation in the office when they see one of the babies uh, sneaking around doing baby genius things. And I just, I'm like, what? God, like, you don't need any of this. There's so much. Or or you'll see people, like, walking and walking, walking. Justin Chatwin, who, again, we're going to be here for hours, but, like, he's in this movie. Goku himself. (laughs) One year out from, like, Steven Spielberg's, like, War of the World. hours, because I have so many questions about this character. Yeah, pacing is quite bad in this. Yeah. And and quite literally pacing. There's a lot of walking. And as I say, (laughs) it's bizarre, because, as I say, the, the, the... I think that they are, they're trying, like the last movie was, it, it seemed very slapdash to me. Like it seemed mm-hmm. like nobody was, it was, it was just this kind of, it was thrown out there. But here with the effects, with everything, with the, the chutzpah <laughs> that, that John Voight throws into this part. Oh yeah. They are really trying here. And that's what's fascinating to me is that this is professionals that are actually trying and actually kind of believe in what they're doing. Uh, possibly in ways that they're not yet conscious of, as we said, and yet it is still so poorly done. Well, it it seems like it's kind of it's like a lot of that stuff where it's like, where is he going? Did you see that he's going over there? Th- like that, a lot of that stuff is um, in consideration of the audience being stupid children. Yeah, and, and like, the, but some of that is even to hilarious effect. Like, like you have lines in this, like the the. You have John Voight shouting, "This machine has damaged my leg." <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, not he like that's not the line. The line is my leg, and then in case you didn't my get leg, that his leg, leg is, been, yeah, my this leg. machine has damaged my leg. Which but, is great. but all <laughs> of his lines about his leg were eighty yard. Yeah, which is fascinating because it's completely irrelevant. It has nothing to do with anything. No, <laughs> like if you if you didn't I, have I, the lines, I, yeah. I feel like like John Voight maybe like stubbed his toe for the three days he was on set and was like unhappy with the footage that he was seeing 
and then demanded like an explanation. <laughs> because they also add the sound effect of what sounds like a creaking leg brace, for example, and things like that as well. It like it does have. By the way, you mentioned like the cut. He look like he's wearing a leg brace. Though. I suppose actually that's fair. Um, like you mentioned, by the way, like in how embarrassing this is. It's worth noting. I think he spent a long time on working that. on this character. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, yeah. yeah. But it's oh, seriously. Wor- no, no. I, 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 I think Void is, is in. Yeah. Void is in. Yeah. in. But like he, I thought he was great. <laughs> I, I thought he was legitimately good yeah. in this. He was at the level the movie was pitched at. We should mention, by the way, that like in terms of like putting this out there in major releases, this is technically a Sony Entertainment release, right? But apparently, Sony reacted to the movie in a way where they revived the long dormant entity Triumph Films. To avoid putting the mothership's logo in the ads for it, oh, yeah. I find that fascinating. Well, all right, snip, snip, Darren. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is a note to editor Darren because I'm I'm thinking Stephen Paul, right? <laughs> QAnon, all, all these connections, it's all come together. He did the Sony email hack, but their emails, Darren, <laughs> in revenge. <laughs> They put his movie down. He was trying to save the children and, of the world. And, he was, and tried to pin it on North Korea. Yeah. I mean, there, there we go. And what is North Korea? It's a communist, like what, East Berlin. What North all, Korea ever done to deserve that? <laughs> that reputation? It's all coming together. I'm not a crackpot. All right. but the, It's the, the QAnons who are weird. Yeah. To, to bring us back to the plot, right? And to bring us back to, because I okay, think that yes. East Berlin sequence is probably the highlight of the movie. Oh, <laughs> unquestionably. It was um, legitimately incredible. And, and by, by the way, Luke, you're, you're speaking truth to power. <laughs> like don't be ashamed we should we should note by the way i also did note that this is a pg rating with for action violence and inappropriate humor which i thought oh, was quite rude rude, rude. Yes. yeah they very were very rude. clear about that there was a poo i think <laughs> or a fart and i mean there are several moments where characters kick each other in the forbidden zone as well there's a lot of groin humor here as well yeah uh, like yeah nobody people shouldn't be um although i i, I do think that I remember as a child being taught to kick uh, grown-ups in, in the groin. Did you get that um, as well in your school? No. When the, the Stay Safe Is program. this the, the Stranger Danger thing? Is it? Yeah, I feel like maybe Lucas, my... <laughs> my sorry, we'll come my, back to Lucas reacting to this. We'll come back to my, Lucas reacting to this. My teacher might have been extemporizing a bit, but they were suggesting that you, you'd like... I, th- I think like if you were backed into a corner by... and and. And couldn't run away and couldn't like uh, shout no and tell a adult like what you could do is is hit the attacker in the groin. And and I I, I think I, m- I must have been like nine or something. But I was like, what 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 if what if this person's a woman? And then I th- I think they 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 were they were they were just like, like try punching them in 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 the uh, in the breast, maybe um, or or maybe maybe punch them in the groin. Um, I th- I, was was your teacher by any chance the actor John Travolta from the movie Face Off? No. Do you want to? Do you want to wait until he pulls down his pants? Then you take this out, stab it in, <laughs> twist it good so the wound won't heal. Um. All right. Sorry, so Lu- I I guess that wasn't a universal thing. <laughs> Luke, Not yeah. every child was taught to um, attack grown ups. Attack grown ups in the groin. Well, it's a it's a great John Mulaney routine. Yeah. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> But but again, that that's that's coming from again. If if a child is in danger specifically, yes. and look, I don't I don't want to you know yeah. without yeah. without bringing the mood down too much. 
these things happen. I mean, we, these we children all, are in danger. They're in Paris. <laughs> they're in they're in Berlin, East Berlin in 1962. They're, How like, did I they mean, get out? I would have liked to have seen that. Well, they I realized it would have the made the movie they longer. The, yeah, several I know of the babies. How he got in. Yeah. We through saw the, all of the that, there yeah. was a but tree. how did they... they? They did. He smuggled them back. It was like an underground, and, and the underground tree stump goes to Ambassador Clark's headquarters in the U.S. Embassy. Oh, but but I, I thank you, order... sir. Just doing my job. An under... actual line of dialogue. Sorry. Underground toy train railroad. Like the, it... they they escaped to the embassy. But in order for him to guess from, sorry, I don't expect this movie to make sense. To be clear, but in order for him to get from the underground. Um, passage to where they are. Yeah. He has to go through all of the kind of army. Oh, fair point. But he's older than that. Like he's seven. And like he, he's... at that stage, he is already taking care of all the security. Like he goes out of his way to like stand in the middle of the street, take his little baby steroid, which is an interesting recurring motif. I can get like again. This is two thousand four. Energy drinks had just kind of like villains should never let babies but, but, take but, ba- like it, super steroids. Yeah. But see, it's not. It's not steroids. And this is the thing, Dan. Super serum. Because what they specifically say is that Kahuna's father, the German scientist, (laughs) 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 harnessed the energy of babies to make that serum. And the idea was that... Soldiers. You would give it to soldiers. Give it to soldiers in East. Using stem cells. Well, no, but see, because this is the thing that QAnon believes is that, that the people that secretly, secretly yeah. rule yeah. the world are drinking children's drinking blood. children's blood and eating their glands stay, stay young. young. And oh, not it, it's it, not that this that, that the movie is very eerily clear. <laughs> the 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 potion or whatever oh, no. it doesn't give you superpowers because he's more like a captain america than like a fl- he's not like a superman yeah. you know kahuna it's uh, he can <laughs> levitate it that's through meditation that's that's, yeah. that's, that's one the of the links that, that's yeah. the buddhism True. theme that, from the first one the eternal forgetting that's eternal. open to anyone yeah, yeah. you don't have <laughs> he to does invite the ki- he does invite the kids to yeah, try should do this. No, but yeah, what yeah. It, but what it says no <laughs> specifically is that the potion makes him forever young and that it gives you the energy and vitality of the child and he does age a bit <laughs> for the first like maybe four years <laughs> or, or probably he kept giving it to him though yeah well, that, that's that's the question that's what like that's like was this to help america and this is why like this is why German. john voigt's communist c- communist secretly ruling hollywood character covets the the special stuff that this child has. Because that's the big reveal, is that his brother was the one who was trying to drink it, if I remember correctly, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Don't, don't all these Silicon Valley guys... <laughs> uh, yeah, filter the blood of young people. They literally, they literally like, do. Because, again, yeah, people use blood bags. And, yeah. Speaking of, like, yeah, but I mean, well, No, more than that. Like, they're... they're yeah, but I mean, more more than Thiel. It's not just Thiel, so we Slows are no longer libeling him. But there yeah. are lo- like lots. There's it's this... like the new TSEs. Yeah, there's, there's young person's blood. That's well, that's it. There are like they're blood bags. People who have volunteered to like have their blood taken out and put into these Silicon Valley executives to make them feel refreshed and young as part yeah. of the cycle. Sorry, and and, and and you get to witness like this, these incredible people at like, work. Yeah, at, at at work, learn so much from yeah, them. Yeah, you just kind of <laughs> sit there in your chair as it drains. It's like from. an internship <laughs> where you slowly die. <laughs> yeah, uh, and this is the thing: people often tell on themselves in terms of their mindset. If you're going around accusing people of wanting to drink children 
children's blood in order to be forever young, in order to secretly uh, you, dominate the, power behind the scenes. Hypothetically it, speaking, to be clear, you might suspect that there is some potency in that idea. In the idea that consuming Well, John Voight's blood. daughter does drink blood. <laughs> we, we that. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Where did she get that from? Billy, Billy Bob Thornton. <laughs> Hang on, where's my red string? I gotta tie this all together. Okay, okay. But but we should be clear, these are just random statements of fact and not being used to point to any larger trail of behavior. Any connection the listener makes is on their own terms. Alright, Denny, now that that is clear, sorry Luke, you were saying. Uh, I'm just, you know, John Voight, as I say, he's a legitimate, the election of a stolen kind of guy. Yeah. And like Donald Trump does believe... It, okay. Well, okay, we're going, we're going off, we're yeah. going off. We haven't even explained what the Kahuna was doing in East Germany. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, because the Kahuna has a mission, Darren. Yes. The Kahuna's oh, yeah. mission is to protect and save the children of the world from orphanages. Yes. Yeah. Which Whoopi are Goldberg bad. Whoopi Goldberg is his boss. <laughs> Well, Whoopi Goldberg wasn't his boss. No, she's no, more she, like no, in she's awe part, of yeah, him, a partner. Yeah, uh, and so he's got this like computer cerebro network, which he uses to keep tabs on the children of the world, so he can save them from orphanages, which I guess the movie says is bad. But again, in Baby Geniuses, was that not an orphanage that Peter McNichol was running? I, was, yeah, the daycare. Uh, thing. Was that yeah. not an orphanage? I wonder. Do, do, does Whoopi Goldberg have Kahuna on the View? That's <laughs> 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 a regular panel. Talk about the work with, with that Megan he's McCain. Doing. Yeah, because <laughs> they won't be on at the same time, unfortunately. Um, yeah. Again, just for context, Whoopi Goldberg is in the movie. Uh, she is on the phone to Kahuna. Presumably from Whoopi Goldberg's own backyard from the looks of things. It looks like very much we sent a camera out to Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, and she O-Face are in it as well. O-Town. O-Town. Yeah. O-Town. Different, yeah. different band. The band O-Town are also in there as well. And George Bush. Yeah. George W. Bush. All, all reporting back to the Kahuna in his secret cave, which is in the H of the Hollywood sign. He do also has identical that's... ones apparently set up in Switzerland. Do you, um, do you think... Because the others are that. the others are cameos, and then George Bush is just stop uh, footage. It's just a still photo. Yeah, and as I say, the movie's in a daycare. There's a lot of emphasis on story time. Do Interesting. You, do you I think that I... they shot a scene where George Bush was reading a storybook to children, but they had to cut it because then Homeland Security came into the shot, <laughs> leaned out, and whispered something in his ear. Bush. I think that. Um, there were no weapons of mass destruction, but that there were lots of orphans in Afghanistan and Iraq. Kahuna served two went, terms. Yeah, yeah. Kahuna was like the Dick Cheney, kind of the... The, the man the, behind the scenes yeah, pushing yeah. But, but, up. But yeah, Kahuna is one of these, like, behind the the, the scenes of... Behind Power the, puller. Uh, like yeah, simple. of human history. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, like, you go into Kahuna's headquarters under the H of the Hollywood sign. And it contains a hall of heroes, which is worth stressing, contains baby Napoleon. Not Napoleon, baby Napoleon. I thought that was a mausoleum of babies. (laughs) (laughs) And and, very dark. Yeah, baby First World War soldier. And like Luke's entirely right, it's a baby First World War. The Second World War is entirely absent from this movie, which is a fascinating choice. It's the wake of the First World War that inspires the baby serum experiment. Moral ambiguity about the Second World War. Yeah, we much prefer the clarity of the First World War and the Cold War that Vietnam. followed. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, after the signing of the, the Treaty of Baby of Versailles, they, <laughs> there was a lot that people that felt that they were real Germans ha- had to be annoyed about. And yeah, it's all connected. It's all connected. But anyway, so like you have the sequence in Berlin and the sequence does involve some special effects work, which is like lots of stunt work. Which is hilarious to watch. Like wire work. No, but yeah. like legitimately impressive yeah. wire work where, again, I assume it was a little person because they can't do that kind of stuff with a toddler. Yeah. But very little this toddler the, can do. The <laughs> choreography was much more impressive. Than in Baby Geniuses. And the inspiration from The Matrix was very clear because you, this is 2004. Yes. You have the sequence at one point where the Kalua runs sideways on the wall, which is a Trinity shot. So this is, yes, 2004, the year after the two Matrix sequels. And and there's a there's a scene where he like plants a stick in the ground and runs around in a circle, kicking everybody. Yes. yes, yes. Just like the uh, yeah, Burley brawl. brawl. Yeah. Uh, which I thought was delightful. Like, <laughs> it, when in Baby Geniuses, where they're just like, here's a toddler, let's pretend he's doing karate. That was excruciating. But this was like a more like Dada, like absurd level of. It was comedic. Yeah. Yeah. And it was aware of that, I think, was the thing as well. Yeah. But like even without. Kind of accomplished. Even without the comedy aspects of it, it was entertaining to watch. Yeah. The baby did a Hurricane Rana. I mean, like we we did note this movie opened opposite Jet Li's hero. I think like it was very much something was in the atmosphere at that moment in time, perhaps, you know, he's got like a little Batmobile remote control car that is like running people over. It turns into a helicopter. It's supposed to be a buggy that that is like a motorized buggy. Yeah, which I I appreciate the branding. It's like it's very low to the ground, I suppose, for for (laughs) For aerodynamics. But we see we see at the end that, you know, the kahuna is aware that his nemesis fears like being a baby fears youth like yeah. that that level of, he wants he, he wants john Voigt wants to be like in the kind of middle zone his true self he doesn't want to be a baby yeah uh and his father obviously the death of his father he doesn't really get over they're very they're very close kahuna and and his father so i imagine who that is unnamed in the movie to be clear kahuna was coming up with his identity because he's a toddler he's not a baby yeah but presumably darren at some stage, a baby crashed through the kahuna's window. <laughs> and he said, yes, father. <laughs> and you'll become a baby. <laughs> and that's when he got the oh, boogie yeah. mobile and, you know, the, the, the soother motif. Yeah. Because yeah. he does at one point, they have it like, again, to 250 trope, the is inappropriate smoking. Yeah, oh, the inappropriate, yes. Where like John Voigt takes out a cigarette and he's like, yeah, don't you know those things will kill you? And he takes out a, is it a lollipop out of his little cigarette holder? He's like, don't you know those things will give you cavities? Leading to the excellent one-liner, I'm still on my baby teeth. And it's 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 an incredible line reading. And like John Voight, he's committed to that. He's just the right level of irony for it. And his German accent is like funny bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. as opposed but to. But consciously so. Yeah. He's, he's doing silly German. Yeah. Um, as opposed to serious. And, and, and playing it up. And because I... In the first movie, I was really struck by how tired and like low energy and not Christopher Lloyd. Lloyd. Christopher yeah. Lloyd was, yeah. whereas John Voight was going for it. Mm. But like, in much the same way, I guess that like a, a hostage is going for it, like in a video, like because again, Stephen Paul is just behind the camera, going, <laughs> "Your career is on the line here, John Voight." <laughs> Do you want to make that National Treasure Secrets uh, book of secrets? That's next. You want book of secrets? Right? If John Voight could have got control of the super serum you could, could control um 
Kahuna. It's like, like the, the, it's the source of his like power. When, when Robocop is holding the nuke in, <laughs> in Robocop 2. Ah. And say, saying like to, to Kane. But the, that, this yeah, Kane. That, that, that fight scene was like good. Robocop the reference. Kahuna wears a obvious muscle suit. It was very amusing. Uh, I they thought... really do the big hulking up thing. Again, this is a movie that exists. You mentioned the Matrix. <laughs> he as goes a... from having like seven-year-old muscles to having like a very weak man's muscles. <laughs> but see, <laughs> this is the thing. Like, because people they ask why we watch like bad movies and stuff, and <laughs> and I couldn't really answer that question after watching Baby Geniuses because there was just nothing there. there. But stuff like the muscle suit. And the kind of humor of it, it kind of like that. That made me think of I think you should leave the next. Netflix yes, Netflix the, the buff show. babies. Like there, there's there's humor that this movie is trying to do, and and some of that is successful. John Voight's accent, blah blah blah. But on the whole, it has a much more like absurd anti-comedy appeal to me. This than that the previous one didn't have. So things like the the muscle suit. Or the the line readings of of dialogue from babies, where they say things like "We all have issues." Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they, the, just the idea of a baby saying that is very funny to me. There, there, by, by the way, part part of uh, John Voight's plan is like um, he's explaining it's like oh this this encoding. It's used for premium channels that people watch in hotels. <laughs> Again, and uses Matrix code very yeah. tellingly. Like, it's red Matrix code like, in the frog's pants. So, uh, yeah, I think Boyd's thing is porn. <laughs> That's his big empire. Sorry, sorry, I should be clear. Biscayne. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, okay, well, two things I want to come back to, to very quickly to touch on is, obviously, we mentioned the Matrix is used touchstone for this. This is also, in a weird way, kind of like Catwoman, which we covered earlier, a 2000 superhero movie. There's a lot of, like, Spider-Man stuff in here. They actually explicitly call out Spider-Man. Mm. But, like, in the modern the day... Time. Yeah, in the modern day, Kahuna is introduced, kind of, like, crawling on the ceiling like Peter Parker in the Sam Raimi movie. That wasn't giving me Spider-Man. That was no, giving me train exorcist. spotting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Did his wig fall off when he was climbing upside down? Because he puts on a wig and it's never explained why. He disguised himself so that, like, you know, so that... Uh, Bill doesn't recognize him, so his brother doesn't recognize him. Presumably. But then he's not wearing it. Yeah, he well, seems to be hiding it while he, he seems to be wearing it while he's still hiding. Yes, and in then the as bush. soon as he's in the open. <laughs> See, I think the Kahuna is playing the long game here because the wig falls off. Archie oh, finds the wig. That makes it more believable that he exists because if there was no such thing, yeah, if there was yeah, no wig, there'd be the, no again the babies yeah. who have their own language. Don't believe in the Kahuna because that's just an old tale from long ago. Yeah, but Archie believes because he knows from the Sly Man the the the, the wide range of adventures and experiences that babes can have, mm. all knowledge, etc. But it it he left that wig for that kid to find, yeah. so he could bring those kids to his secret lair underneath Hollywood. It's proof. Uh, yeah, because, yeah, 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 yeah. We're not, we're not gonna, we're like, because, we're gonna leave audiences because, to make that connection themselves. Because, so thank you for walking us right up to it, Luke. I really a, appreciate It's a baby shaped wig, as well. Like, um, like it's a baby sized wig. We, it's not a baby shaped wig. We should like we should mention there are by no the way, baby shaped wig. How incredibly creepy the Kahuna is because he is a seven. Oh, he's man. extremely disturbing. <laughs> yes. um, so in in Resident Evil Four, one of the seminal video, I think it came out the same year, if not the year after. Okay. 
it, there's a villain that is a Napoleonic little creepy. It's a child of a. It's the body of a child, but it's a much older man, and he's got this creepy Resident Evil thing yeah. going on, uh, which is what the Kahuna made me think. Because <laughs> again, it's like a seven-year-old <laughs> with the spirit of like a two-year-old, the bo- the mind of a two-hundred-year-old. Very There's, disturbing. Yeah, like the the child hasn't experienced uh, puberty. <laughs> even even though they, they, they I mean like isn't Archie and again like we said that there is less of this than in the previous movie and there is, there is but is some they're really interested in dating and stuff isn't and Archie horny for like uh, Kylie like a little bit, and yeah. Kylie is like like you say it's 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 insofar as this is plotted at all yeah it's kind they're they're there's they're kind of grabs story. of plotting at superhero movies and there's kind of this love story as well which is good to do i think generally when you're telling a story to kind of introduce this at that part in the movie yeah but before that kind of subplot kicks in you have uh scott bio's niece yeah in the movie uh the producer's niece in her life skylar shay she is kind of rubbed into this whatever the the plot of this movie was and, very and, happy with the whole thing. But it's like she then finds out about this superhero, the Kahuna, and he yeah. is taking her in his car to very his like base. Batman. It's like very Kim, Vicky Kim Vale. Batman, yeah. And like yeah. some of the looks that she's given him yeah. and everything, it's very creepy. Um, I mean, like, like you, don't have, she, you don't have like the Vicky Vale thing where she wakes up and she's been changed while, you know, unconscious. But you do have a moment later on where she gets asked, like, by Zach, played by Justin Chatwin. I want to come back to the character of Zach. In a well, we'll, we'll get there. We'll but get we will, there. But like, I don't think he's interested in it. I, I, no, 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 no. He's the, like, you know, he, 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 he doesn't have, he's the innocent sexuality of a clown. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think he sees her as a pawn because I think Kahuna right. sees most people that way. Yeah. I mean, he's Again, very, he, he, like, part of his plan here is seemingly to get rid of Zach. Like and and this is Kylie is a way of getting rid of Zach. Okay, Zach, so, no, Zach is aged Zach out. Zach is nice. Zach no. is aged out though. No, Zach but okay, is, Zach is so all right. Nice, really? We got to get into Zach. Are we going to Zach? We, we all right, got to get into Zach. We're going into Zach. He's just a but good guy. I, I, want, I wanted to come back just before we move on to Zach to Kylie and Kylie's date with Zach, where you have the moment where the two babies like take this very attractive young oh, woman yeah. in it like and she's dressed nicely and they they give her this like dress which has presumably been lying around inside the kahuna's lair they made which, it <laughs> but which which is like has a lot more cleavage um and stuff like that it's a much more revealing like dress and it it's, it's, a, very it's a date dress I don't know. No, maybe, <laughs> maybe maybe you're right. Well she was she was like oh I don't have anything to wear. It. Yeah. But but it's this and again, I, I thought all that was funny. She wears that for the rest of the movie until she gets into like Trinity gear. Yeah. yeah. But, but the kind of Claire's accessories lens of like what a, a date dress would be. Right. I thought was amusingly absurd. But the date, as you say, is with Zach. Zach. Yes. And we're on Zach now. And this is like, I feel like this name is like at least it's like four to six years too late for Zach. Zach's were kind of done, I think, by 2004. Braff, right? I feel like yes, there been plenty Efron? of Zach since. Yeah. Well, I, I Efron's feel, around I, this time right, as right. well. But, okay, but like Zach... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little bit late, right? Yeah. Um, Zach, this character, was named in 2003, 2004. Like, Zach Efron didn't like 
emerge from like a pod <laughs> for High School Musical. <laughs> he, it's it, a nineties. Are, are you sure? It's a, it's a late eighties, early nineties name is my point. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, like you had a point at this point where Zacks were in popular culture. Like at that, this I was mean, around the time that you had like Zach Braff was on Scrubs and going to be a thing with Garden State. I entirely buy Stephen Paul being like, yeah, Zach is a is a hip young name. It's happening now. Yeah, yeah. And like, and like in fairness, Justin Chatwin is much more of a Zach than he is Justin. Like with the hair and just his whole vibe. He's very Zach-ish. He's, he's, he's like polished exactly. Aaron Paul. Yeah. He's like, you know, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I no? Think, okay. I think Aaron Paul is polished Aaron Paul. That's a fair point. Like, sometimes I, I look at actors and you can, like, Aaron, you can visibly see... Aaron Paul isn't polished. <laughs> <laughs> right, but in comparison to Justin Chatwin. Like, sometimes... Justin Chatwin is like Chatwin, the Disney Channel Chatwin version too of... much polish. That's, that's yeah. <laughs> If okay. only we could All put, right. like, okay. it's like the fly. You need to put them no, in the machine but I, together. I think he, he's just what what this kind of movie needs. It's a kind of a Disney kind of... Um, Performance. Yeah, In yeah. theory, yes. In execution, no. But but Justin, but Justin Chatwin, to me... It's very wholesome, right? He, he was wholesome. But, but it, um, like... Denny I have Fr- a line in my notes here that I would... I think we need to, like, pay special attention to them. Oh, when they're did standing... He, did he do what? some terrible thing? No, no, no. Oh, not, okay. not, no, that's the, the other guy. No, no, the, yeah, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. Andrew has already become inured to this podcast where Darren's like, I have something in my notes we need to get to now. That's um, Nick. Before you say anything more. But, before you say anything more nice about Gene Wilder. Let me just, <laughs> just, let me no, just no, jump that, in That here. never happened. No, I'm pretty no, sure no, Gene Wilder is... Yeah, Gene Wilder is okay. Unbesmirched. Yes. But like just the line that Zach has where they're standing up at the Hollywood sign and he talks about looking out over the city and he, I try to oh, imagine yes. I try to imagine what's happening in each of the homes. Do they have kids? Are they being tucked in at night? <laughs> um, I mean, wholesome right. Disney so Channel is this, one thing. This is the thing. His performance is of like the 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 friendly older brother who gets you out of the jam in like a Disney sitcom or you know yeah. it, it is wholesome but he's not gonna beat you up again in execution it's wholesome in the way that denny from the room is wholesome he's an innocent who prompts a lot of questions and concerns (laughs) 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 because denny's getting into such trouble there 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 are first of all boy i i think that just i think that justin chatwin is trying uh yes because i think he's always trying I, I think that sometimes He's very trying. <laughs> Sorry. So I, I think it's sometimes noticeable to me the you mentioned Aaron Paul, like the the actors to the left of the actor who got the role in the audition yes. room. Sometimes I, I think about that, you know. So I think a lot of the stuff that Aaron Paul has gotten over the years, I imagine Justin Chatwin went for. Yes. I, I I imagine Justin Chatwin went I, for Breaking Bad, even I though imagine, I have no evidence of it. I imagine up until two thousand five, two thousand six, all the stuff Justin Chatwin went for, Aaron Paul also went for. Yeah, Aaron, I imagine there was a moment where like their timelines aligned and just kind of switched. Aaron Paul wanted to be Goku, I imagine, like a fits, yeah. you know. But but his character in this, as explained in the very exposition heavy second act, is he was in Russia, He's a Russian orphan. Yes, yeah. right, Russia. Okay. <laughs> We are and, saving Russian children. And, yes. and Kahuna's mission is to liberate the, or annex the orphanages of the world. It seems like it's much more about like kind of, yeah, destroying orphanages and releasing the children inside. It's a very kind of an old fashioned notion where we just have, have this idea that like 
orphanages are inherently evil. Yeah. yeah. And, well, so, and, uh, uh, look, again, I am wary. Like, and so, when, when Luke's, Luke, you are a bad influence because when you're on, I'm like, yes, but if we follow that idea to its conclusion. Okay, like, but... You, you mentioned the idea of this being a movie that is framed through the lens of the Cold War and of American the, exceptionalism the thing, I, 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 and the fear of communism and stuff like that. Like the fear of orphanages is the idea of the fear that communities can raise babies rather than parents raising babies. That it's not individual. Like orphanages are inherently not individualist. Like that's the problem with them. They are communal and community based. The idea is that all of these babies should have Parents, and if they don't have parents, they should have adoptive parents. They should have people who are individually responsible for instilling in them a sense of moral value. And the idea, perhaps, the film seems to be suggesting when we get into things like its concern about, you know, television and all this sort of stuff and culture and all this, is the idea that maybe social values that are being instilled in children outside of their parents' control, outside of the individualist myth, are things that we should be wary of, perhaps. I don't know. Yeah, because... Maoist propaganda. <laughs> well, because Justin Chatwin is like... Thank you for joining the podcast, Mr. Voice. <laughs> my, my my parents, something, something, Russia. My father, question mark. My mother, I don't know where she was. I was in an orphanage. Kahuna rescued me. So Kahuna, Liberated me. Yeah. So Kahuna, who would at this time have been a seven-year-old with the mind of a... 30 year old 30 year old at that point roughly yeah um kidnapped a baby from an orphanage yeah in russia yeah brought him to america and kahuna who is a toddler raised justin yeah. chatwin as his son <laughs> like it, his ward it's it's, um, yeah. it's the most bananas thing in the film and the but film just treats it Kato. like because the film knows that baby's talking is is, yeah, is yeah. out there yeah. you know he knows karate can i like can babies I ask a question right when, when it, but 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 wasn't... no but 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 he knows karate when every time kahuna kind of flexes up to do some karate the adults are about to be beaten up or like what's this baby doing like the movie understands that those things are odd he fights and someone the, who's good at karate and the, yeah 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 and he, he kicks his ass because he's, yeah. he's the uber wrench but but the, <laughs> the movie is like that's the joy of baby uber Jesus, kint is, i think you these, mean but sorry yes. these things are strange but the movie treats justin chatwin <laughs> being raised by a child <laughs> Presumably, like, living in his little dungeon. To be his little sidekick and to have, as his father figure, a baby. As the most, like, as not even worth commenting on. It's so normal. Can I ask you a question? Because this is something that bothered me. He did find this. No, wait. I think he stopped trying to find a mother. The mother turns up Uh, at the end. Very easily. Like, with the most basic level of work. hold on. Nobody ever says, this is your mother. I guess well, it's unspoken. I, again, I think it's Kahuna's way of keeping him under his thumb, because it's like was, who okay. from who he was a baby. From yeah. whom does he get this story of well, your mother you can't find blah yeah. blah blah from Kahuna. Kahuna. Right? Like, Kahuna operates like you see the library. The library has all these books in but it, which are presumably there. Yeah, and, and so uh, Justin Chatwin is firmly entrenched in Kahuna's whole operation. He lies to parents. About the whereabouts of their baby children and like, posing as an authority figure. And it's very clear this is not the first time Kahuna's done this. It's too smooth an operation. Kahuna obviously like has oiled this machine to a like a fine 
point. This movie is bizarre. It's like Kahuna's like, oh, no, 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 no. Don't worry. I know exactly how to reassure parents that their children are safe when they're actually with me. Um, I so like but, I, I I came in this podcast because I wanted to understand, and I feel like you know when you get like a hangnail, and you're like, oh, I'll just pull at it, yeah. you know, just, just tear it off, and then like suddenly you're bleeding everywhere, and it's like <laughs> I feel like I'm just unraveling holes in my brain. This is the thing that I want to ask. I want to throw to Luke and to to Andrew, right? This because this was the this was this was the itch in this the back is the of my most brain. Anyone's ever spoken about <laughs> this movie? <laughs> we haven't even got to the baby gulags yet. No. There's a lot to get through. Like, do we think this is Kahuna's first Zach? No, that's, no. that's the question. Like, does Kahuna I'm, do this on a regular basis? And then when Zach hits twenty. It's like boom, no, you're out on your I, own. I think if there's some the, like the the. the I brought home something up. nice for you, um, you know, because I realize you're getting that that age where you're feeling those impulses. Like a, I have the dresses in the back. We can dress her up. It'll be nice, and then we send you on your way. Oh, that's the, where you got the dress. That like like I think I think Kahuna has a very finely organized system. It's like yeah, we Do find. Do suppose a, that there's a scene that we don't see of the babies doing uh, her makeup? <laughs> and her hair and stuff. That would have been adorable. That would have been. Ad- I want a montage. I now want but a montage. I noticed that when the CD, when they get back the CD, it looks like toddlers have been handled. <laughs> <laughs> it's all kind of smudged and there's drool on it and stuff. But but Darren, <laughs> like rusk uh, crumbs. I I Justin Chatwin. I think like there's there's something he's scratching at because again it's like he's. He, he's like he's like the girl from Tangled. Like if this is all he knows, he's got this this parental figure is manipulating him, obviously. But like he's he's bumping up against the ceiling of figuring this all out because he says to your point, Darren, that Kahuna has bases, yeah, like the one that he has in America, in Switzerland, Switzerland, yeah, right. <laughs> he's an international Argentina. <laughs> I noticed that as well. Argentina jumped out at me in particular. Yes. <laughs> You know, Munich circa. Like, what? <laughs> I, I, each of these bases, each base has a Zach. I, I would have yeah, to assume. Yeah. I I think it's maybe because it's like a seven or eight year old child, but Kahuna seems very distant. You know, like I can't imagine. There like, is something of the Doctor yeah. Manhattan about him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have had enough of these people. <laughs> well, that like the the scene where again. Ways. The kind of Tim and Eric vibes from this movie. Like the scene where he's like leaving our, our heroes and he's like drifting away on his boat oh. to the door oh. of his own base. Is an emergency and like, over in Europe? Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm going to fly to in my baby chopper that moves maybe 30 miles an but hour. But like he's like, he gives Archie the whole like, I'm, I'll see you again someday. Goodbye. And because to Archie, he's sad. And he cuts back to him he's waving. He's still on the boat. On the boat as it slowly drifts. <laughs> back to Archie, back to Kahuna again. Very Tim and Eric, but yeah, he is. Very good. He is a because he's still talking. I think as he's leaving, it's like you'll be okay, Archie. Yeah. I believe in you. You just need to believe in yourself. As he's walking away, you have a thing with John Voight similarly, where when he's turning around, he's talking. Because <laughs> <laughs> no. I, I I know that Skyler, whatever her name is, she asks him at one point, like, how come you can still speak, baby? Because again, as established in the first yeah. movie, you cross over, you can't speak baby anymore. It's the great forgetting. Uh, and and <laughs> the great forgetting. He's like, well, I'm just. He's, he's like, I am a baby in 
but I think he's he's we a man out of time in the same way that Dr. Manhattan. It hurts yeah. when I speak. Do- <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Manhattan exists across all of time simultaneously. simultaneously. Mm. And Kahuna like so if I you actually okay, so I said this was out of out outside the continuity of the first one. But actually, if you consider the whole crossing over idea where babies are supposed to Forgo the baby language and 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 the baby enter knowledge the and, have and it enter like the world of the adults. And clean it's and the river fresh. of forgetting. Yeah. Now from, he from got Greek that potion. Uh, yes. and, um, yeah. got that potion as a baby, aged up a little bit into a toddler, but, but never crossed but, over. But then didn't cross over and has aged into an well, adult. So he's simultaneously in the world of the baby and the like. He okay? Can I can I can I can I double down on this right um, and say that maybe maybe we've talked around to Super Babies being a secret masterpiece. It is an, a very 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 important visual motif that in order to enter Kahuna's lair, you need to go on a boat across a river. Oh yeah, the river of forgetting, which is a river that he himself has transcended. He crosses without getting wet in order for the adults to invade or he intrude. He doesn't drink into- of the water. No. Um, and in order for the adults to invade that space, to claim it as their own, they need to have, in the words of John Voigt, a beach landing. Perhaps the most direct invocation of the Second World War. It's Normandy. We are laying siege to the beach on the rivers of forgetting. So I, I think maybe there is... And they also all have to get into single file. <laughs> and again, so, it's so Tim and Eric when he says that. <laughs> He's like, it's, it's Operation Beach... And it, like, it's... It, it, it feels like actors kind of straggling to improvise justify or, or justify or kind of what say you're seeing on screen. But but because they leave it all in, like oh, there there there's the very long countdown, which is great. Like <laughs> that's intentionally funny. Yes, yes. sixty, fifty nine, fifty eight, and and oddly oddly um oddly forty five, forty four. <laughs> But it, it, even it's longer than a minute. But it's, <laughs> it's, it's 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 oddly prescient in that again, this has the loose structure of a superhero film, and it is the the bad guy gets caught on purpose plot that most... like you expect with like the Dark Knight going on to like you know Star Trek into darkness, Skyfall, all that sort of stuff that you get maybe five years after this. Well, five years after this, and every year thereafter, because it's it's all over all those movies. Uh, I thirty two. Thirty-one. I think time is unraveling, Darren. My mind is unraveling. I, I think I don't know what's happening, but I feel a nosebleed coming. <laughs> um, all right. Just uh, in terms of like super babies and baby geniuses too. I, oh, I um, okay. face off. Isn't there a thing in face off where? Oh no, he accidentally ends up in the prison. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. it's not. It's not a, that's not part of his plan. <laughs> well, it's 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 part of the good guy's plan to end up in the prison, and then he ends up trapped in there because of the bad guy. Right. So it's like a reverse. Oh, okay. Like, like, so, but, but it is. Yeah, it's like a. Fa- it is a very face-off of, twist point, on the premise. It's part of his plan. Yeah, yeah but yeah. it's the good guy's plan, and then okay. the bad guy just kind of acts it. But like, before we finish up talking about super babies, like, I I think all of Luke's stuff is great. I think all of Luke's stuff is right. Something I want to throw into the mix is this whole kids attitude era, which we kind of talked about when we talked about baby geniuses, the idea coming into the 90s where you had a lot of children. Eat my enter- shorts. Yeah, eat my shorts. Hmm. Like the idea of like kids entertainment having a bit of attitude, a bit of sass to it. And I think that like this is very much arguably the last gasp of that because you have like, like it's notable that how does Kahuna end up drinking the serum? 
through getting glowing green gunk dropped on him from above. It's, it's a gunk. It's a slime. He gets slimed, basically. But the whole thing is this idea of kids talking back to adults and kids having power over adults, which is very common in, in the media at the turn of the millennium. Like, I mean, even Disney were doing it in, say, Lilo and Stitch, where the whole thing was, look at this Disney character. He's got attitude. It's because you stop slapping children. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what filters through. But, like... I, I find that interesting in terms of like the context of this because like the original baby geniuses seem to take that at face value. It seemed to be like, oh, look, it's like a baby, but he's pure, uncontrolled id, right? It's much worse in the first movie. It is much worse in the first oh, movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, without question. And I think what's interesting about the second movie is that you have a moral at the end of it where they learn that actually their parents are cool and they should listen to their parents. And this is like baby propaganda. Very, very this is conservative message, you might say. You might even say that. That's kind of what I, that's what I was thinking. Like, it feels like it's a, like a very cynical and very calculated. This is a movie I that is aimed at that, babies. Though, to like, screw your parents. <laughs> They're idiots. Like, you should be in charge. The, 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 the kids but, in this aren't likable, but they're also not like contemptible. <laughs> but, okay. Monsters, yes. yeah. Yeah, so you don't hate like them the as much man. as you do. In... But see, this is the thing. I think we can tie all this together, Dan. Oh, here we uh, go. <laughs> because what I said in the recording of the first uh, uh, podcast about baby geniuses was that kid power uh, and kid attitude had permeated and ruined our culture in ways that we were still processing and that yet to fully understand. When and we recorded or when the film was made? When, when, when we were recording. Okay, and that was 2019. Yes. So what I was getting at there, because I... What, 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 what I, I love that you've been thinking about it for two years. It's like it's been... The red string is everywhere, Darren. <laughs> it's my whole room. It killed cinema. I have to get revenge. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but... Yeah, the the children who grew up in the 90s and early 2000s that received a persistent message. The Nick from the Nick kids kind of like screw your parents. Yeah. Eat my shorts and stuff. Yeah, that that the authority figures that you know and see are idiots and you are smarter than them and they don't know what they're doing. The home alone thing. Yeah. Okay. The cynicism of it and the the kind of the self-actualization of it, you know, I I'm sticking up for my house, you know, mm. home alone or South Park, you're not allowed to watch it. Screw you. I'm watching it anyway. Yeah. It's about kids in particular. Like that's what it's kind of a little bit. Get your peanuts. own back. Or, right. Yeah, well, Peanuts is very much like the, the most timid, gentle form yeah, of Yeah, but it's still kind of like... They, it, Trace the evolution. It's a nice kind of... It's not aggressive, but it is like children are sophisticated and adults just... And exist outside the, world of yeah. children, outside the world of parents, yeah, sorry. These people all grew up in the, in the, in the 2000s, uh, uh, or, you know, they, 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 in, in the internet era of the 2000s, you know, they're all they're all on web forums. Nascent uh, internet discussion moving into your Reddits, your Twitters, the, the Facebooks, the things that ruined our lives. <laughs> and and they grew up as cynical people that believed that they were not not they didn't have a healthy mistrust of authority figures, which is justifiable, but specifically believed that they were smarter than authority figures, right? Better than the people telling them what to do. 
you know? You see, you see what I, I'm I, saying? I see where you're getting there. I think most, most right. listeners, even though this is an audio medium, I think most listeners do as well. So, 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 oh, people are saying that I shouldn't vote for this person because they're terrible. Well, as a funny joke, I'm going to do it anyway. Screw you. The irony. Right? Yes. I'm going to gunge my nation, as it were. Right? <laughs> people are telling much. me uh, uh, not to, to, to vote my, my, my country out of the European Union. Well, I'm smarter than them. I'm sick of hearing from these experts. We've had enough of experts. Or it's funny if I just don't do what you tell me. Screw you, yeah. right? Or, or or all all all, all your scaremongering. I'm scared of what's going to happen to me when these things happen. Well, to care about things is stupid and wrong. The South Park effect, right? This is the effect. This is what I was trying to warn people about. <laughs> Maybe geniuses. If people had just listened to your, if people had heeded your warning, yeah. And and now so we've lived through eighteen months plus of you're telling me to do a thing. I don't need to do it because I'm smarter than you. <laughs> I have more information than you have. You think that this thing is true, but I distrust your authority. We can't stop story time, Luke, but we can change the story. What if we change mind control? Oh, yeah, the end of this movie is bananas. Like, what are they talking about? <laughs> I know it felt like we were wrapping up there, but... but... I, I do love that I just wind Luke up just a little bit more. It's like... Here's a Casablanca ending. <laughs> oh, I hated that. I wanted to yeah, die. Terrible. Um, yeah, but, but You could see Luke's soul leave his body very briefly. Anybody who knows what that is is going to hate it. Yeah. <laughs> It's so that babies are cultured, and when they grow up and they see Casablanca, but, they're like, it's a baby genius's do ending. But it's not... But see, the, the ending of the movie where the... the They can't stop the signal, Luke. Yeah. They can't take Bill Biscayne out of this. watching this lame frog for? <laughs> 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 but see, so what that relies on is the idea that... Um, you're checking out. You're tuning out. Yeah, yeah. But, 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 but what, they end up, what they end up doing... Is they they switch the signal from mind control to freedom. freedom control, but not freedom. Freedom control, which is like, what is freedom control? And 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 well, it's authoritarianism. Yeah. it's it's far right. It's the idea that you as an individual have the power to decide for yourself. I don't want to watch the television. I want to go out and play, but that this needs to be given to you. <laughs> from a controlling authority on high that needs to oversee and just make sure that you are exercising your freedom in the right way. Yeah. You know, or else. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can go to the baby girl. Like, yeah, you know, into the countryside and exercise like good German children. Sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah. Okay. It's, is there anything else you want to talk about with regards to super babies, baby geniuses? Something that you might appreciate. There's so many executive toys. We're in a room where I think there's yeah. an executive toy. They're, they're, yeah, they're, they're like, like Andrew's literally pointing yeah. at it. Because we are now recording in person. Yes, we are in a room where I it, my home is my of, office yeah. with a bedroom on top. There think, is an executive toy. I think in Scott Bayo has a number. He has like a Newton's cradle. He has a Newton's cradle, yeah. He has another thing I think that you see earlier. You see a few little things like that in his desk. Um, it feels like a very kind of... Um, uh, Almost a kind of '90s thing, but this is a kind of like an early '90s where it's, um, I guess, still a part of the. That's a very important thing that I wanted to bring up. Um, <laughs> no, it's, it's, I, it's very, very relevant. I did like John Voigt's line where he's kind of m- moaning, and he's he's 
he's like, you're always pulling me down. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, well, I mean, yes, because Kahuna is a monster. Like, that's the thing. It's like, you look at Bill Biscayne and it really seems like all Bill Bill Biscayne needed, all Kane needed was the love of his brother. That is all that he ever needed. But like again, it's there's. But Kahuna there's... had to be an individualist. He had to strike out. He had to get his own apartment. He had to move in. He had to like be his own man because caring for your brother is a civic responsibility. You might as well be in an orphanage. But the the obvious move here is like plot wise is reconciliation, right? We, yeah. Once we right. realize that they're brothers, and uh, Kahuna says you need family, you need friends. Blah, blah, blah. Winter Soldier. Yeah, they, they come back together. They all become friends again. You know, but that's not what happens. Like, Kahuna no. is like, yeah, let him hoist himself with his own petard and transform himself back into a baby. It's what he deserves. And then he's just taken away by his, like, mincing minion fellow. Like, Crow, Peter Wingfield. I feel like he'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, Maybe like, he's the boss baby. <laughs> that's Alec Baldwin. Well, I mean, there's probably some connection we can make there, but we don't really have baby time to driver, get into. Um, pig. <laughs> but, like... Yeah, it is. By the way, Peter Wingfield, by the way, having quite a year. He was in, I believe, X2 at this, the same year as well. Okay, well, so uh, one, of the, one of the other things I wanted to just point out was... Because there are some recognizable stars in this. Yeah. Did you notice? Yes. <laughs> go for it. I think I know who you're going to say, but go for uh, it. Thomas Kreshman, isn't it? <laughs> Andrew can validate that I, I pulled I, I up the page. I noticed this for like but... two seconds. Yeah. Like, he's in it for like two seconds. But Thomas Kreshman, who you probably don't recognize just from me saying, but he's like the German character actor. You know what he was doing the same year? You know what? The, his big movie released the same year. 2004. Yeah. Would have been Downfall. Yeah. Oh, Hosenfeld. I just watched... Um, the Pianist. The Pianist. Yeah, he's... he's Which is a movie on the 250 that. that we are probably never going to cover. Um, he's, yes. He's, he's Baron von Strucker in the Captain America movies. Like, he's... I think he's in Munich. He's like in he's King Kong the yeah, following year. He's, as I say, he's Hollywood's... I mean, he's Professor Zed in Cars, too, obviously. He's Hollywood's German, basically. Like... Up until uh, Daniel Brühl showed up, yes. Or yeah. Daniel Brühl, Austrian. But Krishman is usually not a leading man. Yeah. yeah. Like, he's usually the stern officer. You know, he's in Stalingrad. Like, that's kind of his speed, you know. But he's in this for, like, two seconds. It's yeah. just a German. A henchman. <laughs> yeah. If you run out of English people to cast as Germans. <laughs> then, then. You can cast Thomas Krishman. Because, yeah. yeah, like, I did when I was watching it. I was like, is that, to- that can't be Thomas Krishman Because this is two years after The Pianist. Like, this is... Two oh, wow. years after making, All right. he did look. Check who his agent was at the time. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, 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 one, one of the children was his, uh, his uh, god, godson. Godson, yeah, her yeah. <laughs> goddaughter. And we should also mention, by the way, Vanessa Angel as well in terms of casting as well, just because, like, what's interesting is you watch this and it's half people you recognize from depressing things like Weird John Boynton. Yep. Uh, and kind of Scott Bayo, it's half people like Thomas Kretschmann. We were like, what the hell are they doing here? And Whoopi Goldberg, like, whose favor did she owe? And then you see a lot of actors from like Stargate SG1, like Ooh, Vanessa. Kingpin. Yeah, she was also in Kingpin. Yes, that That's, was her big I break. Think in the I 90s. recognize her. Yeah. Um, and then Peter Wingard as well, who popped up on Stargate SG1 as well. It's, it's, and Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> like Academy again, like the last Academy movie had Award Academy Award, Award uh, uh, nominated actress. Um, the, Kathleen Turner. Uh, yes, but also the the um, maid. The I forget her name, but she she was in. Pop oh Pop yes, Pop. yes. Later on, yes, she yeah. she got a nomination years later. Actually, is the thing. Yeah, but like a yeah, a long but a credible Hollywood respected royalty. actor. Yeah, yes, Hollywood yeah. royalty. Um, and here you have like a, well, I mean, like to be fair, 
John Voight is a four-time Academy Award nominee. His like his immediately like, do you know what his last year, his last Oscar nomination was? 2002 for Ali. So oh. two years after Ali, he's like, yeah, I got to get that sweet baby genius. And his agent was like, do you know what's going to push you over <laughs> the top? <laughs> Does this reflect badly on, uh, on I, John Voight in particular? Of all, of, like, of of all, all the, the things, things that reflect yeah, badly yeah, on John exactly. Voight. Like, does that make us feel worse about John Voight? Like, are we like, oh, I really liked John Voight because of his politics. But then I saw a super baby. Uh, was, Ruby D. Sorry, just because yes. I, I was, it was going to bother me. Um, was the other actress that I was talking about there. Uh, yeah, no, I, I would I would judge John Voight for a lot of things. I wouldn't judge him for his performance in no. this. I would certainly judge him for that interview and what it suggests about his intent behind. I mean, his intent behind his his his, his career in general is kind of in a similar kind of vein. He's a he's a strange man. Yes, well, I mean, like, and again, it's worth noting that like he hadn't yet entirely disappeared. The same year that he did this, he also did like the Manchurian Candidate, the Jonathan Demme movie. He did National Treasure, starring Nicolas Cage, which was a Disney movie. This is before or after Tomb Raider two. Um, it was, I believe. Hold on, let me just double check it. I think it would have been. He says, "Going to the fact machine." It would have been before, after the first Tomb Raider. I know it. Wait, hold on. He wasn't in the second Tomb Raider. He was in the first one. Yeah. Didn't oh. Tomb Raider come out when we were in nerd camp? Yes. So that yes, must yes. have been around 2001. My, my yeah. memory of those movies is kind of... they kind of The two of them kind of blend together for me. But I, I think I had it in my head that, you know, he's doing like the Sean Connery thing. <laughs> uh, but no, like like this was this was around... This was the same year they did National Treasure, the Manchurian Candidate. Uh, the previous year he'd done Holes. The following year he would play Pope John Paul II in Faith. Um, he would pop up in the Transformers movie 2007. Like, he's mixing... He hasn't yet completely descended into I don't insanity. Pope John Paul movie and Transformers, those are both deeply conservative <laughs> in their own ways. Zoolander. Yeah, he had yet to do uh, Tropic Thunder, uh, 24 Redemption playing Jonas Hodges. Remember when he was on 24, popping up in Lone Star? But yeah. Yeah, we're a ways away from things like uh, Roe versus Wade or the Reagan biopic um, or a Christmas Eve miracle. Roe versus Wade, really? Play, playing the voice of uh, Jerry the dog. Like, you know, we're still a ways away from that. I imagine he just spends all of his time now on that, like, far right Twitter. What's it called? Gab is a. Have we Ray moved Donovan. past Gab? <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair point. All right, is there anything else we want to say about, like, super babies, baby genius? Anything that we haven't said already? Anything to me, like, key lines, key moments? I can't emphasize enough just how excruciating it is to listen to the babies talk to each other. I hate yeah, it so it's, much. It's rubbish. I think they... Uh, As opposed to watching them talk to one another. I, I, I think they make a wise decision in not featuring too much of that. Yeah, like at some point, scaled back. Big they time. start putting the ADR. Yes, you, you start and, like laughing. It was noticeable in this that there was a lot more like behind the scenes. Someone's dangling the keys yeah. to get the yeah. babies to react, as yeah. opposed to let's get them to say "eat my shorts." Exactly. But it's nice to watch babies having like a fun time <laughs> <laughs> on on screen, but not to see like their CGI faces. Yeah, like I I yeah. was fine with. Uh, the babies up until the scenes where they were talking, which I hated. Yeah, they got all the same. Yeah. By the way, what what does what does Brain Boy do? Yeah, Brain Boy is kind of useless, which is ironic given that he's Archie. He's the main baby. 
He primarily Sick of listening to experts. <laughs> well, he primarily directs Bouncing Boy. That's his one big thing that he does at the climax. Is he tells Bouncing Boy to hit this guy, this guy, and yeah, this guy. Yeah, and again, it's like it's like the it's like people behind this movie think that all those bouncing boys really need is direction. Somebody to tell them where to bounce. Some people God. with enhanced. Are we racist? <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 no. They're the ones who were bad. It's the yeah. movie that is wrong. Um, <laughs> all right. And before we jump away, anything else jumping out at people? So we've done inappropriate smoking. We've done the obligatory RoboCop we- reference. Is there any food waste in this movie to complete the... Uh, it's a lot less pranks because like, the first one had a lot of like, you know... Unless you count the serum as food waste, I yeah. guess. But no, mm. I By the way, like, That's to bring it back, that was, that was something I wanted to... Good point. That's something I wanted to ask about, like, the serum, right? So, is the serum keeping Kahuna a baby? And is he, like, so could he, if he stopped taking the serum, grow up? Or does he need to, like, keep juicing to keep up his strength? Like, what happens if he Makes doesn't... feel like a god. <laughs> <laughs> baby cocaine. Um, but, like, that, that, like, that I couldn't woo! figure out. Because I, I thought it was like he had a little sip and therefore was trapped in eternal youth. But then he seems to it's also need... Blood. <laughs> Hashtag winning. He also needs to like keep juicing. Like he also needs. He always needs a little bit of that hit. And it's always before. I pres- he always needs a bit more as well. Yeah, it's like let's. Because uh, yeah, because he does. He has a little drip in nineteen in the nineteen what thirties when he has the serum. Like just a tiny they little do drop. Reference gets into- Peter Pan. In yes, it is. A, it is very much a Peter Pan kind of movie. The, a weirdly somehow creepier Peter Pan movie. To be fair. Yeah. Yeah, because there, there's, there's nothing kind of like troubling pharmaceutically about like Peter Pan. No. It's just that he's in Neverland. Yeah. It, this this guy has been given, this is a puberty block. Anyway, look, this is a... Yeah. And Justin Chatwin is his Tinkerbell. Yeah. It's a little sexy. Yeah. <laughs> it's true, John, John Voight's fine with like hormones that prevent somebody from kind of uh, their, their, their sexual maturation and stuff, right? Or, no, I, I don't think there's anything public about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so so yeah, okay. So that was an interesting tangent to go on there. Why did I ask if there was anything more about this movie that we wanted to talk about? But like, like, what is the deal with the like with the juice? Is it like just plot wise? It's puberty blocker. <laughs> is it is it that he needs? Does he need to keep juicing, or like, if he stopped, would he grow up? What is what is what is happening there? The the movie says that his father spent the rest of his life trying to find a cure. For what happened to Kahuna. Yeah. So I don't think on the basis... Like, surely the first thing you would think of is... Don't give him any more. Stop, stop giving <laughs> him regular aging serum. <laughs> 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 if that... You thought about the cure of this is just stop dosing. If that would have yeah. worked. Um, does he still have his milk teeth 70 years later as well? Or he, does he have, like, grown-up teeth? Well, I know he says in he still has 19... his milk teeth so, so he can have that lolly. Yeah. But presumably then his milk teeth fall out. Or he gets he, cavities. They just keep growing back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's they, the nightmare. They yeah. just... It's like a shack. <laughs> <laughs> it's just layers. Yeah. Rows of teeth. It's 1962. I am in Berlin at the orphanage. <laughs> it's, it's 1945. My father is developing the serum. The slime drops slowly, suspended in the air. It's, <laughs> it's, it's 2004. I am meeting the slime man's cousin for the first time. I am tired of this earth. 
these babies. I am tired of getting t- caught in the tangle of their lives. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. I do love, by the way, the implication that uh, Kane has secret camps all over East Germany as well. Uh, because this weirdly feels like a movie where the Second World War didn't happen, but where... Not that it didn't happen. Maybe, like, the outcome was different. <laughs> like, it's not as big a deal, but, like, the implications of the Second World War are happening constantly in East Berlin in 1962. Well, the baby's very... Okay, we'll be here all day. Seriously. Sorry, I, but, but, I shouldn't provoke you. I apologize. The, the babies did say explicitly when Archie's telling the story about East Germany in 1962... That there were baby gulags, that yeah. babies who stepped out of line in the baby world were sent to. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, and they don't believe his story about the big about the big baby Kahuna, Kahuna. Yeah. but they are very clear that, that there the were death camps for children. Exist. Yes. Yeah. Movie, I'm telling you, this movie is work, rotten. <laughs> work, work camps. Yeah, it's yeah. only the week that died. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> oh. All right, then. So on that note, what we normally do at the end of the podcast, we ask our guests to recommend something for this. It could be something related to the movie, something unrelated to the movie, just something that brings them joy at this very troubled time. So to give Luke a chance to think about it, I'm going to ask Andrew to go first. I'm going to make a kind of, it could be seen as a kind of like a boring recommendation because I, I think listeners might, if they listen, know that I like John le Carre, um, which isn't basic. Um, and um, I'm going to re- Andrew, re- carry on regardless <laughs> yeah, I'm going to recommend a few East Germany um, John le Carre books uh, they, The Baby um, Who Came In From The Cold um, well, they, they, Tinker Ger- Tale Soldier movies. Baby Gen- in, 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 in fact um, the Germans love um, uh, John le Carre because, because of his kind of interest The Honourable School Baby yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to recommend The Baby Who Came In From The Cold and um a, a, a small town in baby, <laughs> a, a small town in Germany, and the spy who came in from the cold. If you're having problems <laughs> deducing what, what those, there, 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 there is a film with uh, Richard Burton um, for yes. the, the spy who came in from the cold. Sean like, Smithfield, they're quite they're like, Sean Smithfield. yeah, like the, the Return Checkpoint Charlie. It has it, 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 it has one of the. Well, no, actually, sorry, I was going to say that the that the smiley is poor in it, but I think they're they're they're. There are better smileys, but there are also worse smileys um, out there. I think the one in the Looking Glass War is maybe not as good, or maybe better. I forget. <laughs> but don't watch the Looking Glass War anyway. That's another John Le Carre movie. Um, and Small Town in Germany is great, and it kind of works on this premise of um, as soon as World War Two is over, and the powers are working in Germany. There is no longer kind of as much of a focus on denazification, and there's a lot of kind of of old uh, uh, Nazis that are kind of being, I suppose, forgiven or forgotten, um, and that are that are playing a part in German society or in German politics. I think you said uh, there are a few examples of that in like Austria as well in real life, um, and I suppose maybe it's relevant these days in some way. So Correct. and and but they're just beautiful books. They're 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 they're, they're it's it's very very kind of um, uh, pr- profound and intimate and enjoyable. And if you like John Carey, you'll like them. All right, and Luke, what would you recommend for this? Is what are you enjoying at the moment? Uh, well, my recommended. I like to make sure my recommendations are on theme. 
Right. Vaguely. Mine is vaguely. <laughs> like, <laughs> very tangential. I mean, look, we don't know if Smiley did or did not encounter the baby kahuna during his time. I think we can t- infer it. Had to each other, yeah. 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 But um, Charles Grodin passed away earlier this year. Um, one of the great character actors. <laughs> I know exactly what you're going to recommend. <laughs> is it Beethoven? No. No, no. 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 Uh, no. That would be appropriate, though. But but Charles Grodin starred in a fascinating uh, black artifact anti-comedy cult film in the 90s called Clifford, starring Martin Short as an oversized, obnoxious child. Um, he was 30 or 40 at the time, right? Oh, God, at least. Like, 40s at least. Okay. <laughs> Martin Short? Yes, yes. Oh, yeah, he would have been... Like, yeah. Yeah. So he just plays an eight-year-old. So the yes, the absurdity of the film is that this like irritating child that that drives Charles going around the bend is played by Martin Short, <laughs> who is <laughs> an, an adult has already ordered but in, his copy of but Clifford. in the body of a child. See, see, see the connection here. <laughs> uh, so, so in honor of Charles Grodin uh, and. Strange, bizarre comedies that you can't recommend to another person in face to face without sounding insane. Uh, I, I think people should should check out Clifford. Clifford will be showing, I believe, at the Lighthouse Cinema next year in okay. May oh, as part of the definitely. Hollywood Babylon uh, Midnight Movie season. They, they'll be showing movies monthly at the Lighthouse. Is the idea, and it's very much in that wheelhouse. So if you like the strange and unusual cinema, Clifford is certainly that, and it's watchable. Like this, <laughs> <laughs> that is that is a very valid point. Uh, in terms of, of recommendations uh, for myself, um, I I'm flabbergasted. I don't necessarily have any involving babies um, or any involving spycraft or I suppose the Americans. I've been watching the Americans. Maybe if we're going for Cold War uh, kind of conspiracy vibe. in America, conspiracy <laughs> theories in America. Uh, I guess is kind of handy as well. So yeah, I'll recommend the Americans. It is on Amazon Prime and is well worth seeking out. All right, Luke, where are you at? What are you up to? Where can we find you? So you can find me writing on filmindublin.ie. You can also check out our quarter annual zine, Pretty Deadly Films. The latest issue will be out by the time you're listening to this. It's out now when we're recording it. That is our seventh issue. That's Bangers, Bops, and Needle Drops. That's all about music in film. Some great art. We've got some great essays in there. I really recommend that you check it out. Uh, if you go to our website, you should be able to find it. Or if you go to gumroad.com forward slash pretty deadly films, you'll be able to download a digital copy or buy a physical copy as well. Nice. That, that's you, you owe me. I, I've devoted, <laughs> I've ruined my life. Excellent. To watch Baby Geniuses twice. You, you, you can give him a damn. So when I talk about things I actually like, you got to throw me a bone. Um, it's, I, been, it's been a challenging 18 months. <laughs> well, I feel so, like I can now move forward in my life. If you, if you have the generosity, <laughs> give to pretty deadly films. <laughs> uh, and, and your time, to be clear, not necessarily asking asking for money. It is a freezing online. It is pay what well you want. Worth, yes, yes, pay yeah, what yeah. you want. And well worth seeking out, I would wholeheartedly recommend as well. Um, and yeah. Amazing, yeah. And Luke, look, listeners won't have to wait too long on this podcast to oh, hear you it, talk no. about something that you like. No. Like, we are very excited to no. announce that you will be back next week. You can't do this. When we're kicking off our Christmas coverage. We're gonna, we've got a wonderful lineup for everybody. We're going to be covering The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring to mark its 20th anniversary release. We've got a wonderful panel lined up for that. The wonderful Grace Duffy will be joining us. Andy Mellowish will be joining us. But next week, by popular demand, 
we will be discussing The Last Jedi. And I'm thrilled to announce, whether he knows it or not, Luke will be joining us for that discussion, and we will hopefully have another guest as well. I am very excited about that. Who do I have to announce secretly killed whose wife to get you to cut all of that and not <laughs> get me on the hook for doing this in a live audio it's recording? It's splice it with, with, with stuff about Christopher Walken. Yeah. Who's but, also a German um, super baby. <laughs> yes, he was. Yeah. That should have been my recommendation. I recommend of you to a kill. Yeah. Um, I never liked them anyway. Okay, if you like them, anybody okay. else wants to drop out. Um, <laughs> Sorry, they never liked me yeah. anyway. <laughs> if you like Natalie Wood, then you should <laughs> check into my recommendation, which is going onto Wikipedia and doing some fact-checking for you. All right, all right, all right. Thank you, Luke. We look forward to having you back next week. Yeah. <laughs> it's been, it's, in order to get the true 250 bump, <laughs> uh, any anything that you're kind of promoting you, you have to double down yeah, yeah. all the watch lists have to make sure that they're <laughs> yeah. the same alright thank you very much Luke thank you so much and thank you for joining us in person yeah. cheers it is fun. Cheers. Oh, thank you.